this is totally not Danzig, and you're listening to the Shred Shack. And this is Chris Mack. Welcome to you to episode 169 of the Shred Shack Podcast, your premier source of news and uninformed yet heavily biased opinions pertaining to all things heavy metal, airing bi-weekly on iTunes, Mixcloud, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. I have confirmed all four of those. Google Podcasts, uh, huh? Yes. Uh, so it's basically like Google Play. Um, oh, okay. Push things over a little bit. Um, but with our new home, as far as uploads go on Anchor.fm, which is sponsored by Spotify, I had to reestablish ourselves in certain places, um, because the, uh, the, the feed that came from our original source is actually going down in March. Like, the website went down in December, but the feeds... Uh, for all the old episodes are going down. So if you go searching for our podcast, you're going to f- probably find two for a long time until this this finally goes through and they get rid of the old ones. Um, so what should the what should new listeners be looking for to kind of maintain make sure that they keep on following the new uh, episodes? New listeners, if you're looking for the, the podcast, you should be looking for the one with the the skull uh, and crossbones logo in the headset. Um, it's not. It's not under the um, the Texas flag shred shack banner anymore. Copy it, that. It's now strictly under the um, strictly under the uh, uh, icon. Uh, our 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 basically our 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 brand. Our yeah. Stolen, our stolen our, brand. I'm gonna say our 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 parody our. You know, Um, but yes, so we're on iTunes, we're still on Mixcloud. Uh, Google Podcast is kind of new, Spotify. Um, the upside to the new home is that they offer they basically direct you to a lot of different places that you can put up your your podcast. So don't be surprised if that list gets longer in the near future. Uh, but we also air from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Central Standard Time on Monday nights on Overkill Radio. Obviously, this week is a podcast week. Tune in next week for all music, three hours of just metal music. Last week's episode was uh, covers theme. I played nothing but uh, cover songs. Badass. Yes. Hell yeah. Yes. So Very cool. So that was, that was a lot of fun. Uh Wondering, wondering if I should do a theme for the next one, or just make it easy on myself and do a theme every other one, or something like that. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that sounds that sounds like fun. I mean, how how much fun did you have putting it together? Uh, I I actually I didn't I didn't put it together pretty easily. I had all I had. God, I must have played about thirty five, forty songs, and I downloaded. I had most of them for my CDs. Gotcha. Um, so I was I had access to them easy, and I actually didn't fill up enough time at first. So I had to go back and look for more. Oh, sh- <laughs> so, wow! Yeah, it was a lot of stuff. So and that the set list was good. Cool. I didn't share it with you, but it was a good set list. I'll I'll share it with you later. Um, Hell yeah! But um, yeah, let's let's uh, let's go on with the actual show and start with previously on. 
so previously on, we had talked about the new Guns N' Roses track, uh, Hard School, and I did listen to it yesterday, and um, mm-hmm. it's kind of meh, kind of, kind of, you know, nah, I'm not feeling it too good. Um, it was kind, like it's kind of boring, and, and and like it felt like they were trying too hard to kind of capture the, like the old the old school sound, but it was like I, I'm I wasn't feeling it. I enjoyed it, you know. Obviously, yes, it is. It is a very, it is a very obvious attempt at getting back to their old school sound. Um, there's no, there's no bones about that. Mm-hmm. But um, I definitely wouldn't sit there and say it's, it, it should be on appetite or use your illusions or anything like that. It's just, you know, it's also not trying to be modern like like Chinese democracy was. Mm, yeah, yeah. Which, again, I enjoyed Chinese democracy a lot more than most people do. Um, but either way, I, I found it to be pleasurable, but it's not your cup of tea, which is which is fine. Uh, yeah, I have yeah. a feeling, I, I feel like more, a lot of more people will, will scrutinize it for the fact that it is, you know, trying to recapture that sound and it's only doing so well at, at doing that. Yeah, yeah. I was I, I just wasn't feeling it. Uh, yeah. But what I what I was feeling though is another thing that we had previously talked about was the Small Town Titans cover of Mr. Grinch. Yes, and that was incredible. That was really good. <laughs> that was wow. That was a lot of fun. Yeah that 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 really that was really special. That was great. I really appreciated yeah. that one. <clears throat> another oh, new. Hold on, real real quick. There's this thing. Um, there's this meme that I saw around Christmas time, um, and it's basically saying like to the guy who sings the song, Phil Ravenscroft. Uh, it's like it's like we want you to sing a song about about uh, the Grinch, and he's like, "What do you?" It's like he tried to steal Christmas, and underneath it is a picture of Phil Ravenscroft. It says, "I'm a wreck this dude's life." <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I also saw one that was like, maybe he wouldn't be such a Grinch if he didn't have this guy all the time saying about him how much of a piece of shit he is. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> I mean, that would make me a Grinch, too. Shit. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, I would be jealous because he would have his own theme song. I want somebody to sit there and sing about what I'm doing all the time. Yeah, there, there, there is the silver lining of that. Yeah, for sure. Um. But another new track that uh, I listened to in the last couple of days was the latest single from Jeff Rotel, the Zealot Gene, which is the mm-hmm. I believe the title track of the new song, of the new album coming out. Mm-hmm. And I think of the of the three singles that we've listened to so far, I think that one's the best. Oh yeah, uh, far and away the best. Very much, very much in the same vein as old school Tull. Um, you know, as uh, I wouldn't say necessarily as um i don't want to say as good but like maybe not as enigmatic as uh as aqualung and and um um what's the other album yeah i forgot the name of it uh war child um but for late era jeff rotol it sounds like they you know it's a, it's a showing that they still have it 
Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. And this going, this is their first record in over ten years. Like it's almost, I think it's been like almost twenty years since they last recorded something. So like, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't feel like they've missed a step. So. Yeah, yeah, it's is it's a good track. I like it, and it comes out uh, next Friday too. So. Oh, badass. So. Badass, badass. Uh, and the last but not least here on previously on, uh, kind of keeping track of of me following up with the 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 Lordy albums from the Lord Diversity box set. This is the mm-hmm. third CD that I, the third record that I've listened to that became available on Spotify. I think shortly after we, we or the day that we recorded the last podcast, uh, it's yeah. Humanimals, and this is the one that's kind of like you said is like uh, album oriented rock. So you, I'm thinking along the lines of like you know Toto and Asia and Foreigner and shit like that. Yeah. Um, where they have like a combination of like some hard rock and songs with like the power ballad stuff. Um, yeah, they did a really good job with that. They 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 really captured that that vibe, that sound on this one. And again, the like the, we talked about on the last podcast, Mr. Lordy really does have the chops to kind of keep up with these particular different styles of of rock and roll that they're singing right now. Yeah, it, his voice just somehow fits every style. It's it it just works. Um, the wait, wait till you get to the one like I, I think I mentioned it last time. There's one that sounds like old school Kiss and old school Alice Cooper, and it's like oh. wait till you get to that one, and it just it just you hear like that kind of like thin guitar sound, and but it's like obviously in modern production, but like you you just if you were if you were that old, you'd feel nostalgic for it. So that, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's it's, cool. It's, it's 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 pretty wild. I, I I gotta I give them so much credit for this box set. So, I mean, especially considering that they 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 kind of churned this out. Like, I mean, there's no telling how long they were working on it. Um, but they were just all like, I think it's it, it like the vibe I got is that they they did most of it over the course of the pandemic. So it's like we're talking about seven albums in like a year. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, well, actually, some of the tracks, uh, like, obviously, still not seven albums worth, but some of those tracks did appear on the the album Collection. Oh yes, yes. Which was them trying to branch out, and they just wanted to keep writing in those separate styles. So they were like, "Well, fuck it, why not? We can." Sounds good. Well, I'm excited to hear the rest of it, especially the like the one you talked about. Um, I, I'm looking forward to the one that I think you mentioned the one that sounds like a little bit more industrial. Yeah, um, I think that's the one I haven't listened to yet. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I I I was moving on to other things at the time, and I hadn't listened to that one yet. Um, but I, I probably will at some point soon, trying to get caught up with certain things. So, well, that is definitely something that would be great to uh to catch up on for sure so yeah all right well that is it for previously on all right then let's get on to old business old business all right so i don't have many details for it but we have been talking about the lawsuit of the nirvana baby um the child pornography lawsuit and the last time we had talked about um it being dismissed because the uh, the Nirvana baby guy had missed a deadline to uh, refile, but he was given an extension. And according to Rolling Stone, the man who claims he was the baby feature on the cover of Nirvana's Nevermind album has refiled his lawsuit against the band a little over a week after a judge dismissed his initial complaint. So it is ongoing. 
next. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So next up, the 64th annual Grammy Awards, originally scheduled for late January in Los Angeles, has been rescheduled and will now be broadcast live from the MGM Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas on Sunday, April 3rd. So we have to wait three more months to uh, to cash in on our predictions that are still on my whiteboard in front of me here. Uh, I'll, uh, I think I'll live. So I mean, yeah, <laughs> no big oh, deal, right? Grammy. <laughs> um, and last but not least, here for old business is Chris Daughtry's family has confirmed that his stepdaughter Hannah Price died by suicide while under the influence of narcotics. The 25-year-old was found dead in her Nashville home on November 12th by Nashville Police Department. Wow, that is that is awful. Yeah, it was it was pretty rough. Yeah, that's rough. But that is it for old business. So let's carry on to some new business. And with new business, we talk about new album releases. Um, let me actually look at what's come out in the last two weeks. Oh, I have one. You do. I know you do. I was waiting. I'm waiting for you to, to tell me all about it. Yeah, the new Tony Martin album. Exactly. It's so good. Really? No, it's good. good. <laughs> um, well, give me some details. Don't just tell me it's good. It's good. I mean, no. Uh, it's, a more, it's a lot more metal than I was expecting. Tony Martin. Oh, badass. He still sounds. He still sounds as great as he did back in 1987. Um, but it's a heavier album than I was expecting. Um, a lot of it's really catchy. Um, a lot of it's just really um, uh, a lot of good melodics as far as the vocals go. Um, tracks to note, Crying Wolf, one of the best on there. Um, At the World Burns, first track off the album, tells you how heavy they're going to kind of they're gonna come in and kicking. Um, <clears throat> and one, one track that was a little weird, but I liked it a lot because the chorus is just really damn catchy is uh this is your damnation um but like this is like i listened a, a while back uh, i listened to uh tony martin's uh solo album scream and i wasn't impressed by it at the time even though i did obviously like tony martin's work in general in, in black sabbath and whatnot mm-hmm. but like i walked into this being like am i gonna am i gonna be disappointed and absolutely not i think this record is fantastic that is um, wonderful I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying it, it, it's breaking down any doors or anything like that. But I would give it, you know, at the scale of ten, uh, I would give it a seven or eight. So, nice. Wow, yeah. that's good. That's good. Yeah. And the the weird thing is though, like, if you go searching for Tony Martin on uh, on uh, Spotify, you really can't find much of anything. This is like the first thing that really comes up for him. Um, yeah, and the thing is, like, when I found the album, it wasn't under him. It was under, like, a, a different guy named Tony Martin. So, like, when I found the album, I had to look for the album itself. So yeah. I found Thorns, and it wasn't his picture on it. It was really weird how I found it. You know, it was, yeah. like, some kind of, like, Dan guy or something like that. Yeah, it's it's very it's very strange. It's, like, it's just, he doesn't have his own page on Spotify, so his original solo album's not on there. There is a, a different album that he did. I think I mentioned it during uh, the previous podcast. Uh, he did an album with Dario Moyo. Um, he sang on it, but I, even even finding that was not an easy feat. Um, so, like, he just doesn't have his own Spotify page. Very weird. Very, very odd how I had to kind of, like, find his shit. Yeah. 
Yeah, but again, album is album is very good. A lot better than I was expecting. Um, I mean, I was expecting good things, but this is this is heavier than I was expecting. Um, it's it's a little it's it's got a lot of like more upbeat sounds. Gets a little it gets a little close on certain tracks to maybe sounding like a slowed down Symphony X, maybe. Um, you know that, that, sounds, that that's pretty cool. That, that heaviness, that crunch, that style. Um, it's it's a really good record. I'll say that. Just yeah. Very good. Very good. Um, I mean, I, I've had a lot of stuff queued up in like the last fucking um, last couple of weeks, but things I have I I am I. I got COVID um, two weeks ago. I tested positive for COVID, so I've been home from from work for two weeks. I usually listen to a lot of uh, music at work while I'm working and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, obviously, something like staying home for two weeks, you would think that we get a lot of music listening in, but that was not the case. I actually did a lot more reading, which we'll get into later, and I caught yeah. up on a I caught up on a lot of TV shows, which we'll get into as well later. Um, so. Uh, I had not been listening to stuff. Uh, plus, I've also been still trying to because we still have to finish the second half of our discussion from last week, from last podcast to this podcast. I've been trying to catch up on those records, and I, 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 man, it was tough to finally kind of finish those off. Like, I, like towards the end, I was just like writing like a bunch like of like itty bitty little notes. So I'm, I'm hoping to be able to contribute um, a little bit to the, that discussion, which I probably will. But at least I'm not gonna be as behind it as I was for the first twenty five, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I mean, so since the last podcast, we've had two two release dates go by. Um, and I'm looking at the list now. Tony Martin was uh, released on the 14th. Um, the only other one I could see that I, I would know off the top of my head uh, to be listened to is the new Fit for an Autopsy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I haven't listened to yet, but I will be seeing you live on Monday because I'm driving to Austin after work and catching them with Ingested, which, speaking of Ingested, we just did the Tries video, which is, you know, which was, you know, purposeful timing, by the way. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely intended for that to happen. Um, but. Oh, know, okay. And then, um, and then this this past Friday, so we're recording this on Saturday the twenty second. So Friday the twenty first, the new Ashes of Aries came out. So yes, yeah, Battle of Aries. Um, the new Battle Beast came out. Got to hear mm-hmm. that. And from what Pat was telling me about, uh, Pat was telling us about the new Sonata Arctica is that one or two good tracks, the rest kind of forgettable. So, yeah, which is a shame. Which is a shame. I mean, but it's an acoustic album. And I think it was Bird who said that acoustic albums could be either really good or really boring, and I think that's a pretty fair assessment. Yeah, uh, no, of, absolutely. Especially for a metal band like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So um, I did actually listen to two new releases. I'm looking back um, from uh, January seventh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I listened to the new Infected Rain record. Um, I remember enjoying that a lot, but the one that stuck out the most is one of my albums of the day was a new album by Wilder Run, um, and it's their album uh, Epicon, and that was the pretty pretty excellent. That was that was excellent. Um, I remember being I remember finding this band um, uh, maybe a year or two ago, and being blown away by I'm going to try and find that record right now by their Veil of Imagination album from 2019. Um, uh, 
and I remember just like I, what I was drawn to initially was I think they're probably one of those um, things where I came across them in um, like you know if you like this band you like this band and I was drawn to their album cover which is just a beautiful fucking painting um, and I really liked their that album so going into this one I was really pumped for it it was very good um, you know progressive metal type shit um, just really good they don't even have a fucking bio on spotify you know they're just one of those bands that just kind of like they just do and they're really good about it you know and just looking through some of like their other uh stuff like fans also like there's that band dune from scotland that i mentioned last podcast um there's uh another band in here uh i iotune uh that i had mentioned as a uh, album of the day a few months ago uh mm -hmm. so again very very good stuff and this is their this is their release from this pet this year so this might be already you know you know top albums of the year 2022 right off the bat in january so yeah that was pretty good but again i still need a, i still have a lot of stuff to catch up on and just looking ahead in the next couple of weeks um you know we have a lot of good stuff coming out we have a, a steve Vai record coming out we have Corpse Grinders solo album coming out. Saxon has a new record coming out. Corn has a new record coming out. Amorphous, Cult of Luna, um, a bunch of a bunch of shit, a bunch of shits coming out in the next like couple of weeks that like is going to be tough to keep up on. Uh, but I am going to back to work, so I will be able to do a whole lot of listening while doing some mind-numbing computer work. Right on, right on. Um, and I think with that, we can probably head into our Instagram page and see what our albums of the day have been for the last few weeks. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. See what, see if I actually participate. There's a few days where I, I missed, so. Uh, so we're going back exactly 14 days, um, and neither of us were part of this day. Um, so going, going on to the next one. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I January 9th, that was probably a Sunday in that case, so you probably were not part of it. I did Serge Tankian's, uh, Tankian's first solo album, uh, Elect the Dead. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay, I remember that one. That was good. Yeah, that, that was a good record. Um, a lot of, a lot of this, he released a lot of stuff, um, <clears throat> much to my, um, lack of knowledge, uh, just because of, like, a lot of it's digital, or not easily available mm -hmm. uh, but anyway um next up you did lucid planet yes this is um on one of the bands that i came across like you know if you listen to this you'll listen to this another like um progressive metal band uh mm -hmm. this is probably the the one day i went to work <laughs> uh that week um before i tested positive for covid and had to stay home so this is probably one of those uh work listens mm -hmm. Uh, here's the album I was talking about just a moment ago. Dario Moyo and uh, Tony Martin do The Third Cage. Um, it's actually the third in a series of albums. Uh, one's called The Cage, one's called like The Second Cage, and then The Third Cage. Um, but this is when I was like going and searching on Spotify for anything Tony Martin related, and this was the first thing that I found. Listened to it, and it's pretty straightforward heavy metal with Tony Martin singing. Um, his his solo album's better. We'll say that. Mm, so. mm, okay. Well, we'll leave it at that. Um, you picked Infected Rain. Right. Um, that was the, the new release I had just talked about. Which I um I had 
I have on my Spotify playlist to be listened to um, because I have their previous album, which I really liked. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I need to get a listen to that. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, next up, Wilderun for you. Yep, that was the, the next new release for that week. That, that, that was probably like the last time I actually got a chance to listen to anything new. Um, I listened to Queensryche Live Evolution, uh, which I will talk about later. Ooh, um, okay. Okay. Um, next up, you did Cradle of Filth, Existence is Futile. Yeah, that's the uh, the album from last year. Um, this is me trying to go through the, the top 25 from Metal Hammer, so we'll talk about the album itself later on. Um, and there's probably going to be a couple of those that were just like those particular albums in my albums of the day, so let's see what else I had. <laughs> I can't, can't even fucking remember at this point. Yeah. I listened to uh, Nightwish, End of an Era, which, again, I will get to later. Oh. Um, then came on Tony Martin for me, and you did Lord Ethan Animal, who's talking yep. about the mercy. Yep, yep. Um, next one up, you picked Halloween, the new Halloween album. Yes, that was another one of the ones that are in the top 25, so we'll discuss that a little bit when we get to it. Right on. Okay. Uh, next one up, uh, Whitechapel for you? Yes, that's again another one of the top 25. Okay. Um, Continuing on, Rivers of Nile. I'm just assuming part of the top 25. You know it. You know it. Okay. Uh, that day, I did not have one. That was not me. Um, and then for, well, on the 21st, it was Meatloaf, Bat Out of Hell, which reasoning for should be known, but we will get to shortly. Yes. Um, what I will say for today... Uh, that I'm going to be probably listening to when we finish this, aside from working on our next 10-word review, you know, still hush-hush, um, is that there's an, there's another band that's been going around on on Facebook uh, with, like, the if you go here, you just pay for shipping, and the band will send you a copy of their CD. Um, and they're called Mute Prophecy. I believe that's what it's called. Um, and so I have them queued up to be listened to. Um, uh, after after I finish doing some more and more review stuff, so um, that may end up being next album of the day for today for me. So sounds good. Um, but sounds that good. covers that covers the last two weeks of material for our albums of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else worth discussing as far as as far as listening to? Um, just, I'm. Just more podcasts. I mean, I I I think um, what's it called? Bruce's podcast is kind of like on a on an opposite um, on like the like the weeks that we don't do a podcast. That's when he releases his podcast. Um, but it was funny because he was actually just a, a guest on um, Chris Jericho's podcast, so I was able to listen to Chris Jericho talk to Bruce um, about a lot of things. Um, they covered about they covered talking about him. The podcast itself, then they talked about uh, him putting together uh, his spoken word tour, which I know you're going to very soon. Yeah. Um, uh, the way he dis- the way he d- puts together the show, apparently, it's very kind of like, not off the cuff. I think uh, what happens is he gets, um, somehow he gets like the audience to like fill out like question cards, um, like asking him a question. 
and then he takes those cards and he looks through them, and then he kind of like puts together the show based on those cards uh, to answer those questions. So it's not like he has like a particular script that he follows on these shows or anything like that. He's kind of like a little off the cuff, a little, little improv, which is a very different compared to what they do for an Iron Maiden show, which is pretty much the same exact show every single night on the tour. So, yeah. well, you know, when, I, when I read the description for the, um, for the event, it said that like the first half would be him just kind of, you know, talking and then there would be q a and i'm like how are they gonna, they gonna do fucking q a oh that's the q a part then you, they probably give you like an index card you ask a question he probably goes through and shit like that yeah that makes sense that makes sense that's cool yeah but i'm looking forward to that and hopefully it doesn't get canceled oh well so far so good i mean uh i, I seeing a lot of stuff we're gonna be talking about a lot of things that have been postponed and rescheduled and whatnot in a little bit uh, but in about two weeks, on February 2nd, I'm supposed to go see Tool with Brandy. And mm-hmm. there, there's been no word of that cancellation yet. So we will see how that goes. And that is very close. It's very close. Well, here's, here's hoping. But, you know, Maynard just is a magnet for COVID, apparently. So. Well, yeah, he's had it twice. So. Yeah. <laughs> um. But other than that, I've just been kind of following up on um, the Dune Pod podcast. Um, those guys um, were on a different – they've been on two different podcasts recently to talk about a show called Station Eleven, which I'll talk about later in, in the things that I've been watching. Um, so they've been issuing those. Um, they recorded their – the last day I was at work, they were recording their uh, Ghostbusters podcast, and um, they do it live. They do the recording live so you can listen in on Discord. Which is cool, and they mm-hmm. gave me they gave me a quick shout out because I've been I've been sh- kind of sharing it on on um on what's it called on like Twitter and stuff like that their podcast. They gave mm-hmm. me a quick shout out on the episode, and they sent me a, a badass print of their logo uh, and shit. So, you know, thanks to those guys for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I mean, I have I've really fallen behind on a lot of stuff besides just trying to finish off the top twenty five of the of the uh, the Metal Hammer stuff, and then just kind of keeping up with the podcast like as much as i enjoyed the time off from work unexpectedly i'm really looking forward to going back just so i can keep up on stuff because it really helps me with that so we'll see how that goes do they do they have commercials in their their show they do not they do not okay i was going to say we can trade commercials (laughs) they do not they do not but um i do when um now that uh, I have a better microphone and I feel more confident about the way things sound for our podcast, I will be, I will be sharing it on the on their Discord server more often now, yeah. um, as well as trying to, to share a little bit more on the on the social medias. I've been trying to be a little bit better about that this year so far. So, um, one thing I will say though, um, so the the uh, the new site that we have our podcast on. Um, allows you to monetize your podcast if you have a certain number of plays or listeners um and then you can add ads to it later on oh interesting Um, so if we get a certain number of plays per per episode we can start to monetize the show which would be great but the reason i mention this is because of the fact that i now have a definitive number of who's listening to the show Oh, and it's three. Actually, it's four. (laughs) (laughs) 
is it, I might be number four, so don't get your hopes too high. <laughs> but either way, it actually says how many times it's gotten played through the various places that it's that it's on. Except oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. So so now so this 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 site actually has better statistics, so we can better see uh, where. Who's listening? Where? So on and so forth. Cool. Um, and of course, you know, we're we're gonna sit here and try to spend a good portion of this new year just just spreading the word where we can, um, and and getting our, our our numbers up while also hopefully producing actual content. You know, so we're not just um, pushing a, a a dead product. So well. Fortunately enough for us, like you know, the the podcast is something that we've been able to maintain pretty pretty consistently over the last like year and a half or so. Like we haven't had like long like we haven't had like long hiatuses in in like the last year or so. I so think, that's. I think we had we had about a month a while ago, and since then we have been consistent every two weeks, like yeah. like fucking Christmas. <laughs> recording on Christmas. Actually, I, I I wrote out the 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 schedule for the all of my schedules for the next like year up until the end of the year, um, mm-hmm. and we are due to record again Christmas Day uh, this year. So we'll see how we we plan that out. Oh, that, that that'll be fine. Oh, well, the thing is, Christmas here Christmas is on Sunday this year. I know we have to record it before Sunday. You have to get it over to Overkill Radio, et cetera, et cetera. So we'll have to see how that works for us. Right on, right on. All okay. right. So are we, are we ready to actually do this show now? Yes. So let's carry <laughs> on to general news, and there's a lot well, of obituaries. Yeah. So we had already talked about that the album of the day, uh, Shred Shack Wide, for all of our members of the crew here, was Meatloaf's Bad Out of Hell. And that is because Meatloaf, the man himself, has passed away at the age of 74. The news of his passing was confirmed on the musician's Facebook page by his family. Now, according to TMZ, uh, Meatloaf was seriously ill with COVID-19 just days before his death. And the singer was due to attend a business dinner earlier this week for a show he was working on based on his classic hit, I'd Do Anything for Love, but canceled after becoming sick. Meatloaf had reportedly been outspoken about vaccine mandates. In May, he posted a clip of Eric Clapton and Van Morrison's anti-lockdown song, Stand and Deliver, writing, Listen and Learn. Well, I mean, it sucks that he passed away, but um, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> not much we can say about that. I'm just you know, Not much we can really say about that. I mean, he, Regardless of regardless of what you're doing, if you're not if you're not getting vaccinated or if you are getting vaccinated, you're still overall taking a chance. Whatever. Yeah, for sure. So so whatever happens, happens. So we'll we'll just leave it at that. But I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I I just got COVID. I got a very mild case of it, and that's probably because I was vaccinated. So, yeah. but it doesn't take away from the awesomeness that is bad out of hell. Oh, so. for sure. Yeah, that that was quite quite incredible record yes um so next up short i think it was like the day after we recorded the last podcast bob saget everyone's favorite uh dad single dad from full house passed away 
Um, he is one of those guys. So I did not know. I had no idea that he was like while I was watching Full House. I had no idea what that he was like a stand-up comic before that. Oh and, yeah, he's a he's a dirty motherfucker. Yeah, the thing is, I had no idea. He was like he was one of the like because again that that show was on when I was a kid. He was one of those first people that kind of showed me that you can do different things and be completely different people than what oh, you yeah. portray on TV. Like when I saw when he got up there. And he started saying that he sucked dick for coke and half baked. I'm like, whoa, 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 Danny Tanner, whoa, 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 pump your brakes, kid. What's going on? So he was like one of those first guys that really like kind of showed me like what range is, you know? Yeah. Um, and like like starting to take notice of like these different characters and different portrayals of things that, that actors can do to like such extremes. Um yeah. and yeah, he was hilarious. He was so fucking funny. <laughs> you know yeah so that that was a shame hmm. excuse me next up vocalist and bassist Burke Shelley of legendary Welsh rockers Budgie had passed away at the age of 71 news of his passing was shared uh, by his daughter Ella two years ago Shelley said that he was suffering from aortic aneurysm a dangerous and abnormal swelling of the main artery that supplies blood to the body. He was also battling Stickler syndrome, a genetic disorder that ha- can cause serious vision, hearing, and joint problems. At the same time, oh, at the time, he told Wales Online they turned down surgery because of the risk that it would cause irreparable spinal damage. Jesus Christ! Yeah, that he was he was not in any good shape. He was suffering. That is rough. To turn down to turn down something that can like save your life because it it could possibly fuck up your spine. That's fucking wild. Well, I mean, first of all, you have the you have the problem the aortic aneurysm. You fucked. Mm-hmm. Then you have the 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 serious vision, hearing, and joint problems. You fucked. And then you have like, okay, we can we can fix something, but it would cause this. Like, you just can't stop getting fucked. Yeah, it does. It did not. It was not going to end well, regardless for this poor guy. Yeah. That's, that's that's harsh. That's, that's really rough. Yeah. Um, last but not least here for uh, obituaries, we have Michael Lang, who is a musical concert promoter, producer, and artist manager who is best known as the official producer of Woodstock Music Art Festival in 1969, passed away on January 8th at the age of 77. He died of complications from non-Hodgkin's lymphoma at Sloan Kettering Hospital in New York City. A representative said, "That that just sucks. It's the end uh, of an era." But you know, that's you know, at least he didn't have anything to do with Woodstock '99. <laughs> well, he probably did. I mean, it was probably his his, his shit, you know. But who Maybe. knows? Maybe I know. There's a there's a documentary about Woodstock '99. I think on HBO Max that I might. I've been I like I listened to Jericho's podcast about it. He had um he had two members. I think I've talked about this when I listened to it. He had two people that were there at Woodstock 99 describing what was happening. One person was like uh, someone who worked for a radio station who was covering the event. And then someone who was like part of the security team there. Um, mm-hmm. And it was from, from the get-go, it sounds like. From the very beginning, it was a shit show. Like not, not to the same extent as like the Fire Festival because that was just ridiculous. Uh, because this one, this, this, this festival actually did happen. The Woodstock 99 one. Um, but 
from the from the get go, it didn't seem as as it was supposed. It didn't seem it was as organized as it should have been. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you got to imagine that with with uh, with festivals. I, I I often wonder how like the ones that happen yearly, like the, the amount of work it takes to get that to flow like seamlessly, and and not not fuck up so bad that you have to like it either end your festival early or stop having the festival yearly in general right like a, a thing like Vakin, like you don't really hear about like horrible things happening at Vakin except for like the one time like they had like a fucking pipe explode that was traveling beer through the festival or something like that um but that's a festival that's been going on for years it looks like a three or four day fucking event um yeah. but they probably had like you know, we're we're probably hearing about more of it in, like now, uh, but we didn't hear about it like in the beginning years. Like we're talking about like you know, Vodka's going on for like what twenty years or something like that, and it's like yeah, it's a well-run festival now, but like in years one through five, it was a fucking shit show. Like we don't know, yeah. you know. And plus, yeah. it feels like they, they they probably planned those things out well in advance. Only considering that, like, I think I saw like when it, when before COVID and stuff like that was happening, like. They were having like Vakin in 2018, and like the day of Vakin in 2018 opening up, they were announcing the the lineup for Vakin in 2019. You know, they're like already planning for the next event as if the event's happening. You know, which is some intense planning. Oh, for sure, for sure. Uh, but that is it for obituaries. I mean, it was four this week, so that's rough. Yeah. Real, real quick, I, I want to pull this up just because I, I found I, I, I don't know why I found it to be funny. I don't know, you know. So, the, the name Lang made me think of, uh, uh, Endgame, uh, Avengers, Ant Man, Scott Lang. Oh yeah, yeah. And somebody Googled. Apparently, if you Google Scott Lang, full name. Let me and I want to see if this actually works. Okay, like at one point it, it comes up as his full name is Scottish language. <laughs> I've seen that. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's wonderful. I found that to be needlessly funny. Yeah, that that's incredible. I love it. That is really good. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. All right, are we right. are we ready? General general news. General general news. Okay. All right, so the original lineup of Canadian all-girl metal band Kitty, uh, Morgan Lander, who is guitars and vocals, Mercedes Lander on drums, Fallon Bowman on guitar, and Tanya uh, Candler uh, on bass, uh, reunited for an online chat to celebrate the 22nd anniversary of its gold-certified 2000 debut album, Spit. Uh, they posted a message on their Instagram account. It's uh, They did it... Um, like two weeks ago, they don't have a day because they 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 don't have a day because it was posted. Like they said, join us tomorrow for this this Instagram chat. Uh, anyway, they were just doing a little celebration of the twenty second anniversary of the debut album and they hang out, answer some questions, and it's all on Instagram Live. So that seems pretty cool. Yeah, I like the band. So um, yeah, yeah, I had no problem with them. Yeah, so so I I, I didn't I obviously didn't watch the thing, but I mean I. I still give them credit for like, like, holy crap, they've been around for 22 years. Yeah, you, are <laughs> you feeling old now? Are you finally feeling uh, old? I never feel old. <laughs> you feel oh, it, huh? 
All right. So Roundhill Music has acquired the music publishing master rights and master rights royalties for. Okay. All right. Yeah. So they got the mastering rights and entered into a long-term administration agreement for the neighboring rights income from the catalog of David Coverdale, who of course is the legendary white snake frontman and deep purple lead singer from 1973 to 1976. So here's a, a list of key acquisitions in this in this so they got the catalog include recordings from coverdale's career as a solo artist and as a frontman of white snake uh catalog includes master royalty participation from recordings during coverdale's tenure as lead singer of deep purple catalog includes coverdale's music publishing assets and long-term administration rights for coverdale's neighboring rights income uh, provides attractive exposure to White Snake's 1987 self-titled multi-platinum album, which cover over eight million copies in the, oh, which sold over eight million copies in the United States alone. It also includes hits in the agreement. Um, White Snake hits in the agreement include "Here I Go Again," "Is This Love," "Crying in the Rain," "Still of the Night," and "Fool for Your Loving." Uh, Deep Purple Master Royalty tracks include in the catalog "Burn" and "Stormbringer." And also included in the catalog is The Last Note of Freedom from the Days of Thunder film soundtrack, co-written with Hans Zimmer and Billy Idol. That's a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. There was no number associated with this. Like Some of the ones that we have, uh, talked about before gave us like the dollar value for what uh, had been purchased. And it doesn't seem like they, uh, like they got that number for us this, uh, this go around. Maybe he's hiding it. Maybe he'll make a song about it, you know. Here yeah. I go, can't make it in that dough. <laughs> some, some, some sort of bullshit like that. <laughs> That's wonderful. That's wonderful. All right, Dave Mustaine has confirmed that James Lomenzo will play bass for Megadeth when the band returns to the road in April for the second U.S. leg of the metal tour of the year. Of course, joining them will be co-headliners Lamb of God along with special guests Trivium and Inflame. I believe that is coming back around again to Texas, and I might consider going to it. That would be a good show to go to. Uh, although some of the shows that we have lined up for ourselves this year looking pretty hot. Oh, but we'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but we, we'll, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that in just a little bit. Yeah, we have some beauties coming up. Yeah, we do. I'm I am I am pumped. Anyway, so Soilwork have announced the addition of bassist Rasmus Erdoborn, uh to their ranks. And now the band states in a statement for, I think it was on their Instagram page. Um, we are pleased to finally welcome Rasmus Airhorn, uh, Airborne to uh, Soilwork family and announce him as our official bass player and full-time member of the band. He's been on stage with us ever since 2019 and has recorded a Wisp of the Atlantic EP with us, as well as our upcoming album that is due this year. Rasmus is a world-class musician and has truly become an important member of the band, and we look forward to seeing what the future holds for this new constellation. Wow, okay. Very deep. Right on. All right. Deicide have announced the addition of guitarist Taylor Nordberg from the Absence and Inhuman Condition to the group's ranks. Taylor joins the band as a replacement for Chris Canella, who was amicably left the Glenn Burton a Glenn Benton fronted outfit after a three year run. All right. Well, it, good. Um, you know, I haven't gotten into DSI yet. I'm still working my way into that one. 
it's a it's it's a it's a tough pill to swallow, but seeing that you you got you're getting more into like the the grindcore thing, you might be able to stomach it a little bit better. But these yeah. guys are definitely like on the more satanic side of the death yeah. metal scene, for sure. The super satanic death metal stuff, so you know. But um, but I I I I have I have particular reasons to get into them a little bit more in the future, um, which we will not disclose at this time. Sounds gravy. Sounds gravy. This one was a little bit of a bummer reading this one. Um, mm-hmm. Testament has parted ways with longtime drummer Gene Hoglin. Uh, the band wrote to all our Testament fans around the world. First off, we are beyond grateful to have had Glenn behind our drum throne for 10 years, several albums and countless tour dates. Unfortunately, our brother Gene's additional tours and solo endeavors in 2022 conflict insurmountably with Testament's rescheduled dates after two years of lost time due to the pandemic. Rather than Testament having to reschedule upcoming dates yet again, or Gene having to cancel his own plans, we have decided to amicably part ways. Taking his place, Mike Portnoy. <laughs> Actually, I'm thinking that the, the, the whoever replaced Dave Lombardo in Slayer should take the should take the reins there. Paul Bostoff. Paul Bostoff, yes. Yeah, I think that would be a, a very suitable replacement. Right on. Uh, but we will see where that goes. Uh, hopefully relatively soon. Uh, last but not least here in general, general news, the members of Hailstorm escaped unharmed after their tour bus caught f- uh, fire on early Thursday morning, January 20th. Uh, Hailstorm guitarist Joe Hottering revealed that he and his bandmates had slept in the hotel room overnight, but were awakened early in the morning to find their bus burning down. That was rough. That I mean... A glad that they weren't sleeping inside their bus. B, that seems very suspicious. That sounds like arson. Oh yeah, it most certainly does. One thousand percent. Sounds. I mean, I can't say that I hate any band enough to really set their bus on fire. <laughs> oh yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah, there's definitely something suspect suspect there for sure. Um, but that's it for general general news. Yeah. All right, you want to head into some So Let It Be Written? Uh, is that what's next? Yeah. Oh, yes. So Let It Be Written, yeah. So Let It Be Written, here we go. Uh, so following on from, yes, a visual biography one, Wimmer Publishing will release a follow-up book, yes, a visual biography two, 1982 to 2022, on May 6th. This book documents the progressive rock pioneer's career from the 80s to the present day. Author Mark Martin Popoff takes you on a journey built around his interviews with Anderson, Buford, Howe, Squire, Wakeman, Downs, White, and many others. The tale unfolds via an exhaustive chronology designed to satisfy the most knowledgeable of Yes fans. Not content with uh, charting the band's history, Popoff covers the major projects outside of the Yes umbrella, such as Asia, GTR, and Rick Wakeman's extravaganzas to paint the whole picture. Jeez. Yes. I need to, I, I, they're another band I need to listen to more. Yeah. Besides uh, um, Roundabout, I, I think I need to listen a little bit more. Yes. Oh, and Owner of a Lonely Heart. Mm, yes. Yes. Cool. Yes. Need to get a little bit beyond those those main tracks. Because yep. they're, they're a band that's been around forever. And they, they're, they're mentioned quite frequently in, like, you know, as an influential band, in the, especially in the prog rock area. So. 
Um, so that's it for um, so let it be right now. How we how we feel about not spreading the disease? <laughs> how we feeling? About, how we feeling about that? Oh, good. It depends because uh, some things actually worked out for me, and I'll I'll get to them when we get to them in the spread. So go all on. right. Wow. <laughs> some people are thriving in this pandemic. I'll tell you. Anyway. Philip and someone in solo band, the illegals have canceled their previously announced European festival appearances this summer due to continued travel uncertainty as a result of the coronavirus pandemic. Of course, <sighs> mammoth V uh, WVH and dirty honey have postponed the launch of their young guns co-headlining tour to February 20th from the previously announced January 18th, which would have been this week. The two bands issued the following joint statement. We take the health and safety of the bands, road crews, local venue staff, and especially our fans very seriously. Due to an abundance of caution regarding the recent COVID surge, we have decided to postpone the start of the Young Guns Tour to February 20th of 2022 in Denver, Colorado. Any performance that was scheduled prior to February 20th in Denver has been rescheduled until after May, March 5th. The show scheduled from March 20th through March 5th will remain as previously announced. The show in Portland, Maine. Uh, is that Maine? Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, originally scheduled for January 20th is canceled, and all ticket holders for that event can receive a full refund at point of purchase. Uh, you know, I really actually haven't, still haven't listened to the Mammoth uh, WVH album. I really should take the time at some point and give it a shot. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's got a lot of attention, and I don't think it has, I don't think it has just to do with the fact that he's, uh, Eddie Van Halen's son. Apparently, it's actually like a decent rock record, so it might be worth mm -hmm. a listen. Mm -hmm. uh, Gojira have been forced to postpone the first leg of their European tour due to the current COVID restrictions across the continent. Uh, Gojira's European tour was split into two legs, featuring special guests Alien Weaponry and Employed to Serve. The first leg was scheduled to kick off January 17th in Finland and close in France on February 9th with the second leg picking up in the Netherlands on February 20th and wrapping in the UK on March 14th. So it looks like they postponed the first leg. So far, so good on the second leg. So now it looks like the second leg will be the first leg, and then the, sec the first leg would now be the second leg. If that makes any sense. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's pretty much what this whole, like, these last two years have been, like, what? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> they will make a plan, and then we will plan around their plan, and they'll make a plan around our plan that we made around their plan. <laughs> I feel nothing. I I feel like the last two years have just been me walking into a room like Lance, like, I what? You know, this one time there was this, there was this, there was this pandemic, and then just suddenly it was just like, what? Yeah. And, and you know there there were people and they were they were getting sick and then just and then, and then they were like what <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> um so OTEP has canceled its previously announced sermons of fire U.S. tour which was scheduled to kick off next month um and that again due to COVID that is one of the shows that I was going to go see that got that got canceled oh bummer bummer. Yeah. That was coming around here to San Antonio. I was gonna, I was gonna catch it. I think they were coming around in February. Oh wow, wow, that yeah. is a bummer. Yeah. Uh, Static X has postponed its Rise of the Machine North American tour, featuring Fear Factory, Dope, Machine Head, and Twisted. 
The trek produced by Live Nation is being rescheduled due to the current increase in the spread of COVID-19 and its continued effect on travel restrictions, public health, and fan safety. The 42-day uh, trek will now kick off February 25th, 2023 in San Francisco, California, and wrap up April 15th, 2023 in Los Angeles, California. That is the other show that I was going to go see. Um, they... Uh... So here's here's the thing. They were playing, I believe, the Aztec on March 5th. Um, already on March 5th, there is there's going to be a Comic Con in New Braunfels that I want to go to, and that evening there's a um, there's going to be an event, I believe, at the Rockbox called Bitfest, and it's basically like a lot of like video game related uh, music, um, and I really want to see that show. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and that's the same day that they were going to play that Static X was going to play so I was going to go see Static X in Houston the following night um, but it makes it easier for me now because they're not they're not doing the tour which means I don't have to take the trip to Houston oh yeah for sure for sure when they come back around hopefully things will be a little bit different but uh well, it is a year away, but we've been we've been we've been in this thing for almost two years already. So, hey, all right. Uh, last one, at least here for not spreading the disease, is Rage Against Machine has postponed the start of its much anticipated public service announcement to this summer. The North American leg of the trek was originally slated to begin in March of 2020, before it was rescheduled several times due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The trek will now kick off on July 9th in East Troy, Wisconsin. 19 Rage Against Machine shows that were uh, supposed to take place between March 31st and May 23rd will be rescheduled. I mean, I, I, I'm not really surprised at this point. I mean, will it, will it ever even happen at this point? I mean, who knows? I mean, the, the Motley Crue show, the Motley Crue tour is still supposed to ha happen in June. I will see about that, but, I mean, um, yeah. Yeah. But that is it for, for not spreading the disease. And the funny thing is, is that at the same time that we, that I'm like copying and pasting all this news about, um, tours getting postponed and canceled and whatever, at the same time, tours are being announced. So it's like, what is going on? It's crazy. It's like, it's like so many, it feels like a lot of people are just not talking to each other, like, or like, I don't know. It's just really weird. It's super yeah. weird. Well, well, we'll we'll have to see how things go. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, let's get into. He's the one they call Doctor Feel not so good. Uh, we got stained frontman Aaron Lewis canceled his solo concerts last weekend after having his appendix removed. He was scheduled to play in Davenport, Iowa, on Friday, January fourteenth, in Kansas on Saturday, January fifteenth, and in Springfield, Missouri, on January sixteenth but had to pull out so he can recover after being diagnosed with appendicitis and undergoing surgery. This comes two and a half decades after having his nuts removed because fuck him. He's a pussy. Uh, <laughs> and two, actually, let me, re let me, let me go back on a statement I made just about 10 minutes ago. And there is one person whose tour bus I would set up in my house. <laughs> 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 Amazing. That is hilarious. Well done. Well done. That's great. Oh, man, that's wonderful. Uh, but 
Also in the Dr. Fuel not so good uh, category here, Steve Vai has postponed uh, his planned North American tour until the fall. Uh, the first U.S. leg of dates will now begin on Wednesday, September 28th in El Cajon, um, uh, California, and wrap up the first week of December. Approximately one year ago, Vi underwent shoulder, shoulder surgery to repair an injury. That procedure was successful, enabling him to record the upcoming studio album uh, in Violate. Uh, but in preparing for the tour, it became clear that a new injury emerged that requires another surgery, prohibiting the tour to be staged as previously announced. The new San Antonio date is October 9th at the Aztec. And that, that new surgery is actually adding a third arm. <laughs> well, have you seen the new guitar he has recently announced with uh, with Ibanez? I have not. It's a three-neck guitar that mm-hmm. has a bass, a seven-string guitar neck, uh, 12-string guitar neck, and it has, like, harp strings to allow for, like, ambient droning sound. It's fucking wild. By the way, this was the third show that I was going to see back <laughs> in the Wow. That's... And again, it's it, it works out because uh, it was going to be in March, and basically, like, since since we're now, now we're done talking about, um, we're talking about, um, the cancellations and whatnot. Let me tell you about what's going on in April. Okay? Uh-huh. First of all, April 1st, Sepultura is playing in Houston. Nice. April 3rd, Power Man 5000 is playing here in San Antonio. Oh, my God. April 5th, The Darkness is playing in Austin. Uh-huh. April 12th, Apocalyptica is playing in Austin. Oh, shit. April 16th, Electric 6 is playing here in San Antonio. Oh no! What? Dragon Force is playing Austin on the seventeenth. Behemoth is the is the eighteenth. Testaments tour is coming around to Austin on the twenty first. Jerry Cantrell comes to the Majestic or the Aztec on the twenty second, and Fozzie plays on April thirtieth in San Antonio. April oh. is the month. Wow, that is incredible. Yes, it is like the month. So I'm like, holy shit! Like these are so many like shows that I want to see. Like, like what's gonna drop off? What's gonna give me some reprieve? Well, the the I have to tell you that that Behemoth show though. As soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh dude, oh oh dude. Oh, well, I'm not I'm not a big Behemoth fan yet. I like Arch Enemy to to an extent. Napalm Death, obviously, and unto others, I. I all I I think uh, I was going to go. I wanted to see them on their own tour, but this came up instead. So, but like so. I mean, fucking behemoth. Like yeah. they don't they don't come around very often. So when they do, you gotta jump at that, and you can't you can't fucking miss it. And it like I love Arch Enemy. I haven't seen them with um with Alyssa yet. I've only seen them with Angela. Um, Napalm Death, of course. And then onto others because I really loved last year's album. We had already talked about it, and yeah. it's like, yeah, this is this is like this is the show. This is the show right there for me. And I, and I will tell you that we got um, we're on the balcony, and we are the front of the balcony, so we can yes. we can put our feet up and just watch the show. Oh yes, yes, yeah, I know. I was like, I was like, hell yeah, for getting some front row, for like some front balcony shit. I'm not gonna stand and and 
and and watch that. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna sit in style and be like Satanize me, motherfucker. Oh man, that that is the best news I could have heard all goddamn day. Thank you very much. <laughs> that is wonderful news. Wonderful news. Oh man. Um. So let's get let's get moving on here with the show, and we'll talk more about some of the shows that are coming up because I think in some of the uh, in the touring news there there are some San Antonio dates that we can discuss. Okay. Um, but so far, no one is getting any better from some of the things that we have been talking about. But there is some breaking the law. Uh, this could have been covered in old business, but you know I needed something to fill in this section. Uh, the U.S. government requested and was granted permission to share sealed materials from the case involving Ice Earth guitarist John Schaefer's role in the U.S. Capitol riot case as discovery to the three main Oath Keepers cases. Discovery is the legal term used to describe the different processes that require parties in a lawsuit to exchange information that each side possess. So some of his stuff from his case is going to be used as discovery in the case of the other members of the Oath Keepers uh, cases in for the riot that happened last year. The and glorious burden. The glorious burden. All right. Are you ready for some Metallica breathing on us and us enjoying it? I guess so. All right. So Metallica has stepped in to help a Los Angeles street performer after his drum kit was stolen. His name is Sheriff Drum Drumman. Drumman. Sheriff Drumman. Uh, he's famous for playing drums from the back of his truck, and both his truck and drums were stolen in front of his apartment in December. He eventually got his truck back, but the drums were gone. According to the Los Angeles Times, Sheriff spent nearly six years custom-building the four-wheel drum set, handcrafting the metal that made the setup possible, cutting and shaping and bending each slab before adding the details and the bright hashtag Sheriff Drumman sign above the vehicle. After hearing about the theft, Metallica gifted him a new drum kit in Hollywood this past Tuesday evening. That's cool. Yeah, good guy, Metallica. Um, that's it for Metallica stuff. Uh, we have some feuding going on. Some feuding. Uh, I don't. Really, I haven't been following it, but let's just say that every time I called it quits, and Keith Buckley, the the frontman of the band, uh, is not on the same page as the other four members of the band. I have not been really following it closely, but it doesn't sound good at all. Have you yeah. followed up on this at all? I know we were talking about it briefly in the chat a couple of days ago. No, honestly, I would just, uh, if, if people want to know about this one, go look at all, go, go, go search for like the last month worth of news about every time I die. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's been pretty rough. Yeah, it's it's been it's been uh, pretty wild, and um, I think that I think I think to cover everything we would have to like set aside an entire like ten fifteen minutes. I think we probably do an entire podcast based on the like the, the, the that portion of it. Uh, I mean, I can I can talk to the other guys and we can see. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say because it sounded like Sean had a lot to say about it. He, he seemed to be a little bit more in the know about what was going on. So yeah, yeah. yeah he, he keeps up with a lot of the news. So yeah, uh, but that's it for feuding. Uh, we'll probably re be reporting about this as more stuff gets uh, developed, and maybe we'll follow it up a little bit better than we have been. Um, 
Next up, no Alcoholica. No one has been doing anything with new with coffee in our hardwired section. No new merchandising. And, of course, no new puzzles as of late. So before we go into commercial break, um, which is for Hella Hot Hot Sauce, our sponsors, um, I want to point out that today is apparently Hot Sauce Day. Like No shit. No, I'm serious. Uh, It is National Hot Sauce Day, apparently. Um, And that is kind of awesome. Um, Apparently two days ago was National Hug Day, which was great. (laughs) because <laughs> we could all really use a hug right now and i'm pretty sure tomorrow if i if i my calendar is correct let me pull up my calendar and make sure that tomorrow is national pie day Ooh, that sounds delish i know right i'm i'm pretty sure yeah that, that according to facebook because that's how I post everything. Like when I when I post stuff and it comes up with a calendar of, of of stuff, it gives me like what each day is or what certain days are. And of course, National Pie Day came up. National Popcorn Day has come and gone. But I, I I like I like these national days. There's a lot of there's a lot of fun to them. Yeah, that's been a lot of fun. Yes. So yeah, I I um. I, I think I think we're gonna have to have some hot sauce tonight, and then I might have some pie tomorrow. So, just a a to side note us here before we go head into our our commercial break. Brandy and I went out today, <clears throat> and uh, for lunch we decided to go to um, the Blue Bonnet Palace down the street from us. There, they had the barbecue place there. Yes, yes. We decided to try the barbecue place, and it was it was actually really really good really good um so what we got is we got first for like our appetizer we got like a plate of their nachos which is they chop up some brisket they throw it on some nachos some queso and it, that was it, that was pretty fucking incredible i was i was pumped for that uh their i got their brisket their brisket was very good um it was very lean and very well smoked i got their pulled pork which was fucking fantastic um yeah, in general, it's a good place, and like it's down the street. So whenever you're in the mood for some fucking barbecue, it's it's worth a checkout for you, bud. I, I might have to do that at some point then. I think you should. I think you should. All right, but here we go into a commercial break. Greetings, metalheads. Dan Mac here, and if you're a fan of putting a little heat on your meals, spice up your life with one of the many hot sauce flavors available from our sponsors at Hella Hot Hot Sauce. All natural, no preservative, and California-made Hella Hot Hot Sauce provides small-batch artisan hot sauces made from fruit and pepper blends that emphasize aroma, taste, and of course, heat. With several flavors available, some seasonal, others year-round, and collaborations with members of Ghoul, Exhumed, Guar, and Hatebreed, there are plenty of options to suit your palate. Head over to HellaHotHotSauce.com and buy up a couple bottles now. Recording and release news. Recording and release news. All right, here we go. Queensryche has entered the studio to begin recording its new album for a tentative late 2022 release. Helming the effort once again is Chris Zeus Harris, who previously worked with the band on 2015's Condition Human and 2019's The Verdict LPs. I'm looking forward to that. Always, always. Here's one that I never saw coming. Envy of None is the new band from Alex Lifeson of Rush, Andy Curran of Coney Hatch, and Alfio Annie Benali and singer uh, Maya Wynn. Um, 
they will release their self-titled debut album on March 8th via K-Scope. <clears throat> I wonder what that's going to be. I would never expected Alex Lyson to do anything after Rush. So this is this is something to be excited about for any fans of his. So that's that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Udo, Dirk Schneider, will release a new album, My Way, on April 22nd via Atomic Fire Records, another member of that particular uh, record label that we talked about in the previous podcast. Build as his most personal and extraordinary album to date, the effort contains 17 cover versions of the very songs that have inspired the musician and singer the most. So I have a track listing here. Uh, again, 17 tracks. We have Faith Healer by Alex Harvey. Fire by Crazy World of Arthur Brown. Sympathy by Uriah Heep. They call it Nutbush by Tina Turner. Man on the Silver Mountain by Rainbow. Hellraiser by The Sweet. No Class by Motorhead. Rock and Roll by Led Zeppelin. The Stroke by Billy Squire. Painted Black by The Rolling Stones. He's a Woman, She's a Man by Scorpions. TNT by ACDC. Jealousy by Frankie Miller, Hellbent for Leather by Judas Priest, We Will Rock You by Queen, uh, Kind Zuruk by Wolfsheim, and My Way by Frank Sinatra, of course. There are certain tracks on there that I will say I'm really, I'd be really excited to hear. Um, Man on the Silver Mountain, for one. Oh, for sure, yes. TNT by ACDC, I would love to hear his version of that. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm kind of curious about his version of My Way by Frank Sinatra. Yeah, I mean that's a great song by itself. Uh, yeah. The cover versions I have heard have also been great, so it'd be very interesting to see what he does with it. All right, Abath has released um, a video for a new song called Dream Cull. The track is taken from the band's new opus, Dead Reaver, uh, Dread Reaver, which will arrive on March 25th via Seasons of Mist. I still so need I should... to catch up on the first two. So, Well, you gave me the first two, and I remember listening to them, and, and I, I remember really enjoying them. Like, he, like I think, I think <clears throat> there was a certain like, thing that I, I, like, I wasn't knowing what I was going, going into. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's because of like you know just like I guess like a bias, not a bias, but like kind of like a pre predisposition of what like that particular uh, like uh, aesthetic has, you know, because mm-hmm. he's got the corpse paint and everything like that. But I remember really enjoying it and like enjoying it a lot more than I had expected. So a third record from him is definitely something to look forward to. Right on, right on. Uh, another thing to look forward to. Uh, Coheed and Cambria have announced details of its widely anticipated new album, uh, Vaxis 2, A Window of the Waking Mind. The ambitious 13-track epic was produced by the band's own Claudio Sanchez and Zach Servini and will be released worldwide on May 27th. The album welcomes us back to the Amory Wars as the second installment of the five-part Vaxis arc about a couple on the run from tyrannical forces and their mysterious new edition. Hell yeah. I just wonder exactly how much of this story actually like like really exists. Like is he ever gonna like put this to like book form or something? Well he's got no they got graphic novels. Oh, okay. Never mind. Yeah, they're, they're, they're all available on Amazon last time I looked. Oh, well, well fuck me. 
yeah like this this is this is legit like like the their whole thing is about the amory wars they've, i think of all their albums they have um they've only released one that is not part of the story <clears throat> Meshuga will release their new album immutable on april 1st via atomic fire records that should be good that is cool Joe Satriani is kicking off the new year with a brand new album. Due on January on April 8th, 2022, The Elephants of Mars marks the legendary guitarist's 19th studio album in his 35-plus year career. The, this album also marks the debut of his new label partnership with Ear Music, the international rock label of entertainment group Edel. I had a conf- I had a confusing moment because I, I I thought it was Steve Vai for a second. I was like, he just released an album, damn it! Well, his album comes out next week, I think. But yes, yeah, I yeah, Joe Satriani and Steve Vai. I think if you don't know, you get those two guys confused. Uh, last but not least, here for recording news for studio stuff, uh, Ghost will release their fifth album, Impera, on March 11th via Loma Vista Concord. Um. I know that the, the the new track has been streaming, but I have not heard it yet. So I have not, I have not heard it yet either. I have not heard yeah. it yet either. Let's put that on previously on. Copy that on it. Let me let me see if it actually comes up. Oh, there we go. Yeah, it's it's up on uh, it's up on Spotify at least. Very good, very good. We definitely do that. New ghost track on previously on. Sounds perfect. This might end up leading me down a rabbit hole, but we'll see how that goes. Um, nobody's recorded any live shit recently, so we're going to move on to Rewind, Replay, Rebound, Reissued. Um, and again, this is not really much of a reissue or anything like that. I just needed something to fill the space. Uh, but Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Rockstar, the company which creates beautifully beautiful lullaby versions of your favorite artists, has just released lullaby versions of King Diamond and Merciful Fate via Roma Music Group. All right. <laughs> Yes, uh, this is also on. Pre- this is also going to be our previously on because I'm going to listen to this. I want to let you know how it is uh, on the next podcast. Um, but just here's a quick track listing for you. Uh, you got Abigail, Welcome Home, Halloween, Sleepless Nights, Eyes of the Witch, Dreams, and the Family Ghost, all from King Diamond, of course. And then we also have Evil, A Dangerous Meeting, Curse of the Pharaohs, Come to the Sabbath, and Melissa from Merciful Fate. It's gonna be, it's gonna be cool. I, I, I love that series of records. It's so I, cool. God, they're great. It's just very, it's very amusing. It is. It really is. I love it. It's so good. I remember when I, I like, I think I told you, like, we we got a bunch of them for the boys when they were first born, and uh, I had them on like my iPod and shit, and I would listen to them <laughs> when like trying to take naps and shit. Like, it worked better on me than it did for the kids. So that was pretty, pretty cool. Um, we're heading into a little extra. You ready to head into a little extra? Absolutely. All right. Uh, so the good that men and women do, we actually have something for it today. So Ghost and Volpe will be co-headlining across the U.S. beginning on January 25th. And to commemorate the momental, the monumental tour, the bands have teamed up with Blackened Recordings to release a limited edition double A-side 7-inch single featuring each band's contribution to the Metallica Blacklist charity album. We have Ghost's cover of Enter Sandman on side G, 
and Volbeat's Don't Tread on Me on side V. The 7-inch will be pressed on crystal clear vinyl and limited to only 3,000 units with 115 copies available at each tour stop on the first-come, first-served basis. Limited to one one per customer, of course. All proceeds from the split 7-inch will be split evenly between the All Within My Hands Foundation and the charities of the artist's choice. We have Camp Arakit. Uh, I can't pronounce that one. I can't help you. Yeah, uh, but that's Ghosts, and then of course the uh, Born Cancer Foundation from Volbeat. Right on. Yes, sir. All right, crowdfunding tracker. We got anything? Uh, you know, I actually did look recently. Uh, I did not see anything. Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 I did try to do my due diligence, but at the time that was like a week and a half ago. There was nothing. Bummer. Wow. Very interesting. Very interesting. Um, so shit I want, bro. What do you want? What do I want? What do I want? Well, actually, um, this kind of goes into something that I've been wanting to do recently. So, um, when I, when I gave you all those t-shirts, uh, a while back, I decided that I really wanted to start getting t-shirts from bands that I didn't have you know, a billion from, you know, because I have like 15 Iron Maiden t-shirts and like five Metallica shirts. And it's like, I need like, there are a lot more bands I need to get more shirts from and not just local bands either. So I'm, I'm working my way towards getting more shirts from, uh, from bands that, you know, I'm, I'm into, but I haven't either had the chance to see them live to get like a tour shirt or I just, you know, haven't otherwise had much of an opportunity. Mm. Um, so I, with um, with the nuclear blast um, nukes thing that I talked about, I believe I mentioned this last week. I ordered uh, a couple of CDs, and to use their their point system, you have to buy at least one product. So I bought a Meshuggah, a Meshuggah T-shirt. Yeah, the Meshuggah T-shirt. I was uh, I was doing, uh, I was watching a DVD that I'll get into in a little bit, and um, I was like, man, I don't have a Sepultura T-shirt. And I go and I find one from with the cover of the Arise album, which is one of my favorite um, Sepultura albums, and I bought that shirt. So I'm like, okay, I need to get more more cool shirts like alice cooper has an official amazon store i'm like he has some he has some pretty decent shirts up there like i have one alice cooper t-shirt i would like to have like another one another kind of like maybe old timey looking one or something like that not not a more recent one um but like i'm trying to get more t-shirts from more bands to you know since since you know that's how that's how you communicate with the people around you right (laughs) yeah by the often by the clothes that you wear and it shows off what you listen to and whatnot and uh or or it has a thing on it on t- on a t-shirt that says like you know check out my podcast and all that kind of stuff i don't know where i'd get a shirt like that I don't, yeah i don't know i don't know i mean i was wearing it today of course i was it was chilly in texas so i was wearing a sweatshirt over it so i didn't get no one asked me about my podcast <laughs> Well then, what was the point? Well, I know, right? <laughs> but um, but that's what I'm trying to do. Um, you know, when I when I have 
the opportunity and can and and just you know have have the expendable funds just throw down 20 bucks for a shirt but um we'll see how how the rest of that goes like you know there's there's like a really cool battery t-shirt available on uh on amazon that i would like to get and stuff like that so that's awesome yeah, so the, the that's the kind of thing I'm looking I'm looking more for is like some 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 cool uh some cool shirts for bands that I haven't really gotten uh enough merch for. So uh so I want more like that. Yeah, I got you, I got you. So uh as far as me, uh I, I did what I wanted to do today. Um I went book shopping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'll get into that. We get to a little bit of light reading. So I, I, I just been, I, I just been looking for a, a day to go to a used bookstore, and mm-hmm. today we went to three different ones, and I, I, I bought something at each one of them. So, <laughs> so we'll talk about that in just a little bit. Um, but aside from that, uh, do you have a rabbit hole for us? Do I have a rabbit hole? Um... I, I got I have a near rabbit hole, uh, but I I think I'll get into that momentarily. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll I'll tell you I'll tell you a little bit about what was going on at the time in a second. Um, but do you have a rabbit hole? Uh, well, because I've been home for two weeks with the, with the COVID thing, um, I went more of like a reading and a and a watching rabbit hole. So when we go into those two different uh, topics, I'll talk about that. Uh, but I got I I got into a very brief rabbit hole last night before falling asleep. So there's this channel on YouTube um, that does size comparisons for things um, that are fictional. Uh, so like some things I've seen are like you know um, size comparison of like fictional uh, spaceships for like sci-fi series. So like they got like the Death Star, uh, they got like the main. Um, destroyer from like um like darth vader's main destroyer and all these spacecrafts and they do an animated video where they start from the smallest and they just kind of grow slowly but surely to compare sizes of these fictional um these fictional things and they Mm -hmm. of course they use they use something for scale so that they'll use like you know they'll start like a very small craft and then they'll be like all right the size of like they'll have like a, a scale size of like manhattan for scale for like some of these larger ones like Darth Vader's superstar destroyer is like the size of Manhattan itself. And then they get larger and larger from there, of course. So I, I had briefly seen, I saw one uh, last night before falling asleep about uh, this size comparison of fictional worlds, um, like planets and stuff like that. And they, of course, they start off with the very small ones that are like the size of like a city on Earth, and then they, they gradually get bigger. And that was just incredibly interesting. Incredibly interesting. And of course, that led me to watch a, a 13 minute video on on size comparisons of like things in the uh known universe. So these are more real things. So they started off from like like particles and to atoms to this to that. And then of course they go to like the observable universe being fucking ninety-three billion fucking uh light years wide and shit like that. So those videos are very interesting. Um uh so I only watched two last night, but that was like the beginning of what could have been a very interesting rabbit hole. Um, cause I've seen one previously, uh, where they do the size comparison of fixture, fictional, like 
monsters um, in in science fiction and fantasy uh, worlds, and that was fucking crazy. That was wild. So definitely, definitely fun. Right on, right on. It sounds, it sounds, it sounds cool, but also extremely nerdy. Oh, dude, of course, yeah. And a lot of these things, like, there's a lot of stuff that I'm not very familiar with, yeah. um, like, 100%, but, like, I, I, I know of, but I'm not familiar 100% with them. So it's, like, so when you get, like, the kind of, like, a visual representation of some of these things that you've only heard about, it's like, oh, well, this seems pretty interesting. So it might lead you down to something else, might get your interest into something um, new for yourself or something like that. It's very cool stuff. I, was, I enjoyed it. And, again, it's, like, a whole channel on YouTube with these fucking, these things. And it's, it's fucking crazy. Cool. Yeah. That sounds pretty interesting. So aside from that, no rabbit hole, no real rabbit hole. So have you made any progress in the legacy of the beast? Or are you still stuck on that one level? Uh, uh, Pokemon go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've been picking back up. That's it. That's been cool. Well, I, um, I, I'm, I'm less than four hundred thousand XP away from uh, level thirty-eight, so I can I can try to get a uh, get our Pokestop. You can try. You can try. I can try and see what happens, but you know, I doubt it'll work. But I'm gonna try. Yeah, there's, there's, no, there's no harm in it. No, I mean, yeah. I, I I have to say that your your chances are probably very slim because we have three stops, four stops within like a block of each other. And we have a gym right there at the nature park, so your chances are probably pretty slim. But you know, go for it. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna do it. I mean, I mean, people have people have made Pokestops for for lesser things like <laughs> the goalpost at the fucking park, which are no longer there. I think I haven't seen the goalpost there in a while. Yeah, seriously. So whatever. But uh, no, I have not played. Uh, I have not played the game uh, in a little bit. So. Yeah, yeah, we're still we're still trying to get into to Dungeons and Dragons, um, and each time that we schedule something, it, it something happens where it gets pushed back. Like our our latest thing was we were supposed to go next Friday to um to our friend's house and, and create our characters and all that good stuff, um, but we ended up rescheduling our weekend with the boys, um. From I was supposed to have them this weekend, but because we had COVID recently in the house, we decided it'd be safer to kind of push it to the the following weekend. So we had to we had to postpone and reschedule that D and D event. And Brandy um, and I still need to sit down and learn how to play the Dune board game that she got me for Christmas. So yeah. that is still in the pipeline as well. Um, I will say that you also have something to do next Sunday night, and that is watch the Royal Rumble. That's Saturday. That's Saturday. Saturday the 29th. Why are they doing them Saturday, damn it? Well, I'm pumped for that anyway because I helped the boys. Okay. And they've, been, they've been getting into wrestling, and I wasn't supposed to have the boys. So now they get to watch the best fucking event that they got. So, Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, either way. Um, but it's happening next week, so. Yeah, for sure, for sure, yeah. And we haven't watched it, like, it feels like we haven't watched an event in a while. Like, I think the last thing I watched with you guys was the fucking... Uh, Survivor Series in November. Yeah, because they did because they did day one on uh, on January first, and that was the last one that you did. Yeah, cause they didn't have anything in December, right? No, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that'll be fun. The Royal Rumble is always a great one. So, um, 
So let's carry on to a little light reading. And yes, please. Your, your time to shine. You go first. All right. Well, again, I've been home for two weeks with COVID, uh, doing just following the protocols for the for the job and whatnot. Um, so while Brandy's been at work, I've been able to do a lot more reading. I've been hanging out at home doing that. Uh, so I finally finished The Queen's Gambit. I've been reading that for like, what, nine months, it feels like. Yeah, finished that, and I read into uh, Nurgle's uh, book that you got me for my birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's, when I when you first got it to me, uh, I had talked about how it's put together, and it's kind of like they say they don't call it interviews; they call them interrogations, where the authors kind of hang out with Nurgle and they they ask him a bunch of uh, a series of questions that they're trying to get his answers. And it's like like again, it's like an interview thing, and topics range. Um, like they talk about his, like the first chapter is about some of his early life growing up in Poland with his brother and his family and how that was. And then talk about getting into music and how he got into like the black metal scene. Um, the last chapter I just read was about one of his uh, more serious relationships, um, during the course of his life. Uh, so they, they the topics very much range and the authors, I think sometimes per, they, they mentioned in the, in the introduction that they sometimes took purposely took a, a position opposing Nurgle to kind of get his um, honest reaction to questions, uh, kind of like playing devil's advocate almost. Um, and it's very good. It's very good. He seems to be a very honest and open guy, um, mm-hmm. you know, very, very, very thoughtful and very, um, you know, aware of who he is, what he represents and like his, his thought process. So again, it's, it's been a very good book. It's not like a, a typical autobiography. It's been pretty good. Um. So then on top of that, I also, I finished reading the first Dune book for the, probably the third time. Um, and this is the first time I'm going beyond the Dune, the initial original Dune book. And I read the second book of Frank Herbert's six, uh, Dune Messiah. Um, and that was pretty good. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, I don't know if you know anything about the story, but for anyone who doesn't know anything about the story, the Dune Messiah takes place 12 years after the events of the first book, Dune, and or the subsequent 12 years between Dune and Dune Messiah, after Paul um, Paul Atreides uh, won the Battle of, of Arrakis and gets his gets everything back and he becomes emperor, there is a wild jihad uh, in his name, where the pretty much his followers kind of take over the known universe, and 61 billion people die during this jihad. And it's pretty much the fallout of that. Um, mm-hmm. He's kind of coming to terms with like what being a messiah is about, how the how the jihad got well well out of his control, like it, to the point where like it felt like he wasn't he wasn't using the jihad, but the jihad was using him, and he became more of a figurehead for his own fucking thing. Um, and there's a there's a conspiracy to try and take him down because he has a monopoly on the spice. He's controlling everything. He's kind of like a tyrant. Um, so it's, it's, that it's that story, which then leads into children of Dune, which I started, I'm about a hundred pages into now, which is the third book, which takes place nine years after the events of Dune Messiah. Um, after he, uh, he has twin, he has twins, he has a boy and a girl twins, and they are now nine years old. They are fully, uh, developed as far as mentally, they were, uh, what they call pre-born, uh, they are born into consciousness in the womb, so they have all the memories of their previous ancestors ge- go, going back generations, et cetera, et cetera. Um, 
and they are dealing with the aftermath of the jihad, the uh, transition period of regency between Paul's sister, who's taking care of the empire while waiting for the twins to come of age to uh, gain control and all that stuff. And, you know, the books are getting very good. I think as of right now, uh, if I was to rank them, because I've only finished two and a half books, um, I would definitely put book the first book, Dune, as number one. And I'm really enjoying Children and Dune more than I'm enjoying than I had enjoyed uh, Dune Messiah. So book three would go, would rank above book two as far as I'm concerned right now. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, I also started reading um, the, the some of the prequel novels of Dune. So Frank Herbert wrote six books in his initial run, uh, and then he passed away. And then his son started writing books with a with another sci-fi writer. So they collaborate on it. And what they did is they wrote two books as sequels to the the initial six based on book based on notes that Frank Herbert had for what would have been the seventh book in his series. They wrote two novels based on those notes, and then they also started writing prequel novels, and they have prequel trilogies. Um, so I went back. I went back to the first uh, chronologically ordered prequel trilogy, uh, which is called The Legends of Dune, and the first one up is The Butlerian Jihad which takes place about 10,000 years before the events of the initial Dune series. Um, and so far that's been pretty good. Um, it feels very, um, it's a little bit more action packed than uh, some of the, some of the Dune Frank Herbert writings. Um, but it's pretty good. I'm enjoying it. So. And, uh-huh. and then I went book shopping today. So here's a list of the things I had purchased today. Um, from the three different bookstores I went to. Let me pull up what I got here. So I, I picked up Neil Gaiman's uh, American Gods because uh, I heard so much about that. So that's a thick one. I'm looking forward to reading that one. I picked up a Lovecraft book, which uh, I think it says it's, it says it covers pretty much everything, all of his stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I picked up the complete works of William Shakespeare. Uh, yeah, well, the main reason I picked that up is we'll get into... I. Uh, Brandy and I had watched a show called Station Eleven on HBO Max, and one of the features in that show is centers around Hamlet. And you know, I read Hamlet back in high school. I really don't have any kind of reference for it. I don't even know if I have a copy of it anymore. Um, but the thing is, like, that's not the only thing that's that's referenced, like, or based on plays by William Shakespeare. So it it feels like like I don't have too much of a background to be able to reference uh, these things. So now I have what I would consider like an encyclopedia entry. So I can go back when I, when I know or see something that's, that is either inspired by or like a direct like interpretation of something by William Shakespeare. I can go back and reference it now and have a frame of fucking background information um, for it. So, and I wanted a physical copy. It's pretty badass. It was, it was a thick ass book. It's only 17 bucks. So I was pretty pumped for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I had also picked up a copy of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea by Jules Verne. Um, classic sci-fi story. Um, another one uh, of a series, the first book in a series by uh, Isaac Asimov, uh, The Foundation. Um, I won't get into it, uh, what it's about until I actually read the book, but um, I heard about this book through the guys on the Dune Pod podcast because apparently this, this book and this series kind of inspired Frank Herbert in his Dune writings, so it felt it feels very tied in to everything. 
Um, Isaac Asimov also wrote I Robot. Um, so that was a that's a book I picked up as well. Um, I picked up the uh, the next book in the the Dune series, the uh, the fourth book, uh, God Emperor of Dune. I found that and picked that up. And last but not least, I picked up a uh, I picked up the, the Hunger Games trilogy, all three books. Well, you know, so I have added that all to my uh, to my reading list. I also picked up um, the the show I had mentioned earlier, Station Eleven, is based on a book. So I put I picked up that book as well. Um, and while talking about um, that show, Station Eleven, the guys on the podcast mentioned that this that this particular story, this particular book, is the anti the road by Cormac McCarthy. And mm-hmm. Dad had just given me a copy of the road, so I got that. I got a long queue of books that are uh, that are on that I have to get get to, and it's been a lot of it's a little been a little bit easier to, to read as of late. You know, I had a hard time kind of keeping up on it for a while there, but as of late, it's been it's been pretty easy to keep up on. So, mm-hmm. what about you? What do you got? All right, so I finally finished reading them, uh, Adventures with Extremists by John Robinson, um, which I have to like. I have to admire the man for being bold as he is, because a lot of a lot of the people that he uh, encounters in the book are either Aryan Nation neo Nazis, and he's wow. a Jewish one. So he had so he specifically talks about how he has to like you know hide his Jewishness. Wow. Um, so it's like it's like damn that's that's tense. Um, but basically, it's a whole novel about trying to find this secret organization that runs the world, or allegedly Ooh. runs the world. Is this um, is this a fiction book? No, it's it, it's a it's a real book. He's he's a he's a journalist for like for uh, maybe for the BBC. I know he's okay. uh, in in the UK. Okay, he is, okay. He is, he is an actual journalist, and he just happens to write novels as well. Okay, um, I got you. All right. So it's based so it's based on actual events that he that he went and did. Okay. Uh, okay. Wow. So like he he outlines uh, witnessing a, a cross burning at a KKK. Um, event and stuff wow. like that so it's 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 some pretty intense stuff like that but it kind of ends on a on a, a light note because like the this group that they're that they're searching out the entire uh time he ends up meeting up with one of the people uh in the in this alleged group and he pretty much just you just you just find out that they just happen to have a lot of sway like they're not they're not ruling the world they're just people who happen to have a lot of sway in in the world of corporations and politics and stuff yeah 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 so it kind of it kind of comes to like a like a a steady end you know no 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 big no big climax just like here it is here's the truth it's not what you think it is wow so but it was a good book i enjoyed it um and i still have uh three of his other books to read but as I said last time, the first book that I was going to read um, of music, as far as what's coming up next, is the book from Marco Hitala, um, mm. Stainless, or yes. Stainless question mark. And um, so, in deciding to read that, I watched the Nightwish DVD, which 
is going to play into for your viewing pleasure. Um, so I watched the Nightwish DVD because it's one of the ones that I had, um, I believe you bought it for Lindsay a long time ago. Um, I had never watched the full thing, but I finally did. And it is, uh, it is Tarya's last performance with Nightwish before they gave her the axe, basically. Right, yeah. Um, but it was a really good show. Um, the footage I felt quality wise was a little lacking mm. um it, it like for a band that was as popular as they were at the time i felt like the the video quality was a little weak uh it oh, kind of sounded a little you know um i don't want to say vhs close to that but like it, it it was just it wasn't up to par for like 2005 it feels kind of like the um, do you remember the the live DVD for Alive in Athens from the Iced Earth? I like that, I that did little... not see that one. Oh really? I, okay. I know you have it, but I never watched it myself. Yeah, that one felt very much kind of like it felt like a little bit better quality than like video camcorder, but it definitely wasn't like the production quality of like a fucking Iron Maiden show. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, man, it felt a little disappointing, um, but you know, it was, it was all right. You know, yeah. it, it I probably wasn't. It, it finds something that should have been like a bonus disc with the like the re-release of the of the the album, and not mm -hmm. something that you bought separately. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but finishing and watching that, and I started to read the um, Marco's book. And just from the first chapter alone, like, I know that it's going to be a very intense, intensely personal look. Um, because the first chapter is talking about um, their show, their sold-out show at Wembley Stadium. Oh, shit. Uh, oh, wait, sta Wembley Stadium or Wembley Theater? I think it's Wembley Stadium. Or, oh, shit. I, they just say Wembley. So okay, okay, okay. I don't, I'm not sure. I I think I think it's actually Wembley Wembley Stadium. Oh wow! Because they talk about the the likes of other people who have played there, and they talk about the Beatles and all. Oh okay, guys. I got you. Yeah, all right. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they were they were the first Finnish band to be able to sell out of the Wembley Stadium, but Oof. it's documenting in a kind of a train of thought, um, Marco leading up to the performance. And at the time, he was having, he was pretty much on the outs with his wife. And so he's sitting there talking about, you know, going through the course of the day and going between band endeavors and thinking about, like, oh, shit, my marriage is about to end. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he just keeps going back and forth and back and forth. And it's like, wow, like, this is, like, you're, you're about to do the biggest show of your life and you are so torn in a in a personal sense like that's that's intense i figure that the rest of the book is going to be like that because even the back of the book talks about how he's suffered through depression uh alcohol and so on and so forth wow so i feel like it's going to be a lot a lot of a lot of personal stuff in that book um and in reading the bit about the wembley stadium show i have um the live album, The Vehicle of the Spirit, which has the Wembley show and one other live show, but the Blu-ray. 
and the only Blu-ray player I have in my house is um, my PS4. And I, I wanted to sit here and continue working while watching it on my computer, um, but it won't play a, a Blu-ray. So um, I didn't get to go down that rabbit hole. That's why the rabbit hole oh. is kind of stuck where it is now. I will eventually get the chance to watch these these DVDs because I, I also want to watch in full uh, Showtime Storytime. Mm-hmm. So, but um, it's uh, it's yeah, it's just so far it's been it's been in a pretty personal uh, uh, book of his. And I don't, and I started reading into his childhood, and like his his family has been through a lot. Like you know, like um, they 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 were not they were not well off, all that kind of stuff. You know, the the kind of things that would ail a post World War II kind of uh, person in Europe. This is the kind of story. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's it's pretty intense so far. Wow, that's and, that's crazy. Yeah, so I will I will be continuing to read that, um, and I think that's pretty much what I'm going to focus on for now. Um, although I still I'm trying to read Naki Valley is the Prince, but I'm more compelled to read this. Um, and that's that's mostly it for my reading stuff. Um, just because I'm trying to not you know, have a stack of stuff to read and try to, to try to limit what I'm reading as, as opposed to, um, you know, like I, I was trying to read um, this book that was suggested to me by my, uh, by a counselor that I see. Um, and it's all about mindfulness and whatnot. And it's like, it's like, this is my job. I don't want to read about my job right now. <laughs> I really don't feel like reading about my job right now. So I was like, okay, I'm going to finish this chapter and I'll move on. I'll, I'll come back to it later on at some point. But yeah. I, I just couldn't, I couldn't carry on with it just, just because it's, it's too, it's, it's repeating stuff that I, I, I already know to a different extent. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah, that's, that's, that's the extent of that. So, very. Um, what about for your viewing pleasure? Oh well, so among other things that I was doing this week, aside from um, reading books, was catching up on TV. Um, so, <clears throat> Brandy and I started off with um, this show called Station Eleven, which I had mentioned earlier. It's on HBO Max. It's based on a on a, on a book. Uh, it's just a mini series, so it's just the one season. Um, it it's a story about um it's a kind of post-apocalyptic post-pandemic type of story mm-hmm. uh, which is you know it was very relevant for the for the for the times that we're living in right now um the first episode is like the day is like day zero like when when the shit started hitting the fan um it follows the story of a young girl who is an actress um and the story starts off with uh, a gentleman collapsing and ultimately dying while doing King Lear, which is of course Shakespeare. Um, and someone tried to jump up on stage and help him, but he doesn't have any medical attention, uh, medical training. But this guy is just a really nice guy. He sees this, this actress, this young girl, and you know, she doesn't have, her parents aren't there. They're out somewhere. 
her handler is not able to take care of her because she went with the guy who passed away, et cetera, et cetera. So he, he decides to take it upon himself to take her home. Um, and it just kind of follows their story for, for that day leading into when shit hits the fan. Like his sister's a doctor. She calls him and says, listen, get out. of Go, go, to, go to your brother's house. I'll meet you there. Um, shit's getting real bad. You know, take care of yourself. Um, but when he drops, he tries to drop off this girl, her parents aren't home, so he takes her with him, and shit hits the fan. Everyone starts dying. They they lock themselves in his brother's apartment um, in Chicago, and they they live there together for 78 days. They don't leave the apartment for 78 days. They lose power. It's the middle of winter. It's all this shit. So you got that portion of it, but then it's also flash forwards to 20 years after the pandemic. Uh, where life is kind of like not coming back to normal because like a lot of places don't have power, but these people are living, they're having children, they're, um, you know, there's a little bit of hope in their lives. Um, and this actress grows up and she becomes part of what's called the Traveling Symphony. And they do this tour around Lake Michigan uh, every year. They, they, they do the same, the same route every year. They call it the wheel. They never, they never leave the wheel, they call it. Um, and they perform different plays, and the the play they decided to perform for this season is is Hamlet, which is why I picked up the book so I can have some kind of frame of reference, etc. Um, so there's it it just juxtapositions um the twenty years in the future to like day one, and then like that first winter, and just the the way they they cut these timelines together because it's very much like the first season of Witcher where you're following like th- like two or three different timelines uh, are very 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 well done um it was it was emotional it was it was hopeful it was really it was just a really good uh story and a really well done tv series um so i would highly recommend anyone who hasn't watched it to go ahead and check out station 11 on hbo max um i picked up the book um uh, i'm gonna be reading that for uh shortly uh, i say shortly like when i are done reading a bunch of other shit well i'll get to that so anyone who hasn't checked out that show, I highly recommend them checking that out, of course. Mm-hmm. We followed that up with uh, the first season of the Wheel of Time series. Um, Wheel of Time is a very um, popular and um, highly regarded fantasy series. Um, this one, it was it was good. I enjoyed it. Um, like I'm really interested in seeing where it goes because like I read a little bit of the synopsis of like the whole plot of the whole series, and um, time is a wheel, and it's not linear. Apparently, this this story takes place in the very far future as well as also in the very uh, far past where it's like very fantasy wise. So it's kind of like sci-fi and fantasy mixing together. Um, first season was very good. I enjoyed it. Um, kind of like um, you know, very adventurous. You know, also kind of like, you know, the Chosen One type thing, you know, the they have a, a character called the Dragon Reborn. He's supposed to be the one that either joins up with the Dark One or he's there to fight the Dark One. Um, it's very interesting storyline. Um, I was I went looking for the first book in that series today at the bookstores. I couldn't find it, but I found like this 14 uh, uh novels in this in this uh series i believe i've i saw like book like eight and like 12 um at the bookstores so i'll eventually get into that series but that that seems like to be a very big commitment to uh to get into right now so 
what else did I do? Oh, I caught up on all the Marvel series. So I had already I've already watched Loki and WandaVision. So I went back and I, I watched uh Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which was good, and Hawkeye, which was like all the, the, the series that, that Marvel has been putting out has been have been very good. Uh very well done, very short, uh like six ep- six episodes per 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 series, really telling a quick story that that couldn't fit in quite in a movie that just needed a little bit more time. So, and of course all these things are used to set up the, the next uh, phase of the, of the cinematic universe. So they do a really good job with that. And what else? Oh, I started watching the book of Boba Fett, <laughs> which is the new star Wars series on Disney plus uh, that it's up to four episodes at the moment. I think there's going to be a few more in the next couple of weeks. And that's been, it's been entertaining. It hasn't been. It's not as good as the Mandalorian, but it's it's all right. Um, and last but not least, Brandy and I are about halfway through the Man in the High Castle series. So the Man in the High Castle is a, is a book by Philip K. Dick, who wrote uh, A Scanner Darkly and uh, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, which became Blade Runner. Um, and this book tells a story about what what life would have been like had Japan and the Nazi Germany won World War II. So the t- the story takes place mostly in occupied America. The West Coast is uh is Japanese territory, where I, while a majority of the country and the East Coast is uh part of the German Reich. Um, and the show very much used the book as a blueprint for the the this the story, but it deviated almost immediately and is completely different from the book. Uh, but the changes that they made uh, were very necessary to expand upon characters and storylines. Uh, and I feel so far we're, we just started season three. There's four seasons. Um, and I've been thoroughly enjoying it. Um, I think it's a, it's a very good story. It's a very good premise. And it's a lot of, it's a lot of fun to, to see like to see it happening and, and, and unfolding like that. So yeah, that's what I've been watching. That's, I caught up on a lot of stuff these last two weeks. Right on. What about you? What do you got? I see you have a short list here. All right. Well, I'll I'll go. I'll I'll do. I'll do anything. I'll do the non, um, the non music related ones first. So obviously, the uh, Peacemaker series just came out, uh, which is related to the the newest Suicide Squad movie. Uh huh. Yeah. Which led into a kind of rabbit hole in and of itself, because we watched the original Suicide Squad, then we watched The Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn, Mm -hmm. and then we watched the new Suicide Squad. Nice. So we're going to be watching Peacemaker uh, pretty soon as well. So just one after the other, we watched that like within days of each other. Um, Yeah. But outside of that, Sticking with the music theme of things, um, I realized that like I really haven't watched enough of my DVDs, um, whether they be the ones that are in the DVD cases or the ones that come with uh, albums. You know, there's a lot of good live material um, that I I have that I never get to watch. Um, and one of the oldest um, music DVDs that I have is Chaos DVD from Sepultura. Mm-hmm. What this is is a combination of three VHS tapes they released 
um, from Arise, from Chaos AD, and from Roots Era. Um, so half of it is music videos for like like most of like basically all their music videos and some stories behind them and so on and so forth which cool i mean i remember music videos <laughs> you know yeah uh, yeah the, be the best part of it though uh was uh they had a live concert from the uh arise era mm -hmm. uh, which again as i mentioned earlier uh, is one of my favorite records from sepultura um and you know it's I, I can't say much for the for the video quality of it because of the fact that it's um, it's from 1991. You know, the, the band by then they had the backing of Roadrunner Records and everything. They were they were kind of hitting a certain stride, uh, but not necessarily the commercial powerhouse they became with Roots or 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 whatever. But um, the the footage of it, the actual, um, I guess, cinematography, the directorial part of it and everything, it was good. Like, mm -hmm. it was a lot more pristine than you would think. Um, and so it was it was really good to see them, you know, in in what could be considered their prime, you know, their, their young lives, just a few years after they started, and them just kicking ass. Yeah, for so, sure. Um, definitely, definitely a cool watch. That led me into Queensryche Live Evolution, which is why I'm I when I put it as the album of the day, it wasn't actually the album; it was the DVD. Oh so, wow! Okay, got you. Yeah. So, um, so I watched Live Evolution, which is um, one of two Queensryche ones I have, and again, this is another one that I bought a long time ago. This is. This is talking like Tower Records days. Oh shit! Um, so I bought it a long ass time ago, and I don't think I think I've watched it all the way through once, and that was probably about 10, 15 years ago. Um, so I went through it. Two things, well, three things. One, um, well shot. Video quality really good. Uh, this was in, uh, I believe, around 1999, 2000, and the video quality was so much better than the Nightwish one that came out like five years later. Right. It was really good. Like it's one of those things that like you can like, it's a it's DVD quality. It's not even Blu-ray quality. It's DVD quality, but you can see like, you can see like Jeff Tate's pores bringing out sweat. Like that's. Mm -hmm. That's, that's 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 how good it was, um, and it also gave me a better appreciation of some of the tracks that I um, I have kind of neglected because they came off of lesser I don't want to say lesser but like less the albums that get less attention over time, um, but great DVD. Um, kind of wish they had had swapped out a song or two. Uh, just because there's one or two tracks from um, uh, um, uh, 
mind crime that I would have liked to have seen, maybe one or two different tracks from Empire, but overall, really good set list. And the whole point of it is to show the band's evolution, of course. That's the whole yeah. the title. Um, and so that um, that was that one. Next one I watched was Nightwish End of an Era, which again, yep. uh, I put as an album of the day. It was actually a DVD. I already mentioned the the DVD kind of being on the little on the weak side quality wise, footage wise it looked good. Like as far as the 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 um the cuts, the directorial aspect of it and everything, it looked good that way. Um and the set list was good. Um there was a part where they did uh, Ghost Love Score. Uh, I believe that's the one. Um and they actually have a Native American come out and play the pipes and sing all the parts that are done on the original album. Wow. Yeah, so they they it was it's very cool to see. Um and um you know they put on they always put on a great show. They you know they 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 just they rocked. It was good. It's it's that's good. Awesome. And then uh today I just finished watching um a film called good to see you again alice cooper this is a music film that was recorded back in 1973 on the billion dollar babies tour so this is pre-alice cooper being alice cooper this is back when he was still vincent damien fernier you know oh wow what this this is when this is when the band was named alice cooper oh Um, before he took on the persona Yes, he had he hadn't uh, the album after that was Welcome to My Nightmare, where he became the character Alice Cooper. Gotcha. Um, but this movie, like, okay, so here's here's the thing about it. They originally came up with this idea that it would be it would follow Alice Cooper uh, through this trial of you know uh, this this mock trial. Of him being uh, tried for, uh, you know, corrupting the youth of America and crap like that. Yeah. What it ended up turning into was this weird, um, um, I can't even say story, because it doesn't really have much of a story. Like in the beginning of the of the film, they're doing a studio version of a, of their song uh, of a song called uh, "The Ladies of Tramp." And halfway through it, well, not halfway through it, most of the way through it, they just decided to give up and say it's stupid because they're all dressed up nice and everything like that. And it basically becomes this argument between the Alice Cooper band and the director, the director who is plays multiple characters throughout the entire film, but when he's the director, he has this outrageous German accent. And what is <laughs> <laughs> Because he's just he's just sitting there talking about the Alice Cooper gang. <laughs> oh man, it's it's funny that you mentioned that accent only because um, we're watching the man in the high castle, of course, like you know Nazi Germany has won the um the war and stuff like that, and so there's a lot of German characters and a lot of German words and like at the title of one of these guys, he's like the 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 main leader of the American side of the Reich, and his title is Obergruppenführer. And they say that a lot. <laughs> and it's like, oh my god, that is so many letters in this word. What is going on? Yeah, it, it's it, it's it's pretty it's pretty funny. 
but um but anyway like the the the, the film shows him this director pursuing the band for ruining his movie while other things are happening it, it just it doesn't make much sense overall um and apparently what ended up happening was they had this original movie when they released it in theaters they scrapped all the non-music parts of it and put in like movie clips and and other things and that became what the theatrical version of the film good to see you again alice cooper um and then a couple years after that they uh played the original version which is what i watched um they played that original version and then after they they played that in theaters the movie essentially disappeared like it wasn't released on home video it was never released again it was never seen again until it got re-released on dvd a couple years ago and it's basically just if if you're not watching the um the the if you're not watching the story footage, the rest of it is a live performance from 1973 um, from two shows in Houston and Dallas uh, from the Billion Dollar Babies tour. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you know, it's like the original shock rock elements of Alice Cooper. Like, you know, there are there are bot, like mannequin body parts on stage. There are dead babies on stage. They do the they do the guillotine. Um, there's a whole thing where um, there's a song called Unfinished Sweet, and he's chasing around a giant tooth with a toothbrush. It's like, what the living shit is going on? <laughs> wow. And I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm watching this saying I'm really glad that like, like his his stage stuff got better over time, um, but you know, it it was interesting to see, to say the least. Um, and I gotta say, like, the dude is like the scrawniest motherfucker on the planet because he shows up and he's wearing this like it looks like a one piece long john suit and these knee high like snakeskin boots, and that's it. And it's like <laughs> he looks he looks like he's just waltzing around in his underwear with this ridiculous pair of boots on. Um, but you know that's that's apparently what was shocking to people way back when i don't yeah. know man yeah it's we're just, just kind of weird, weird. beyond that now yeah i i don't I, I don't get it but i mean i i i've had the dvd and i never watched it so i just finally decided to throw it in and i i have no idea what the fuck is going on but <laughs> i just can't get i can't get the fucking german director out of my head they're chasing down the, the Alice Cooper gang. <laughs> Where are they? You know, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, but, it's, yeah. It, it sounds ridiculous. Yeah, it's it was it, it was it was fun, but like uh, I'm gonna be watching a few more coming up soon because uh, I actually uh, I the one of the Discord um, things I joined today. Um, somebody was talking about watching uh, a Meshuggah DVD that I actually have. And I was like, well, that may be the next thing I watch. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yep. So, there you go. But that's that's been it for what I've been watching. Um, it, I've been trying to really keep up with a lot of the music DVDs and, and Blu-ray stuff just to just to 
get in, get in the eyeful of it, and I may I may continue down that Nightwish path and watch Showtime Storytime and Vehicle Spirit. So yeah, we we would be talking about this for a while. It's like we could we could almost do a whole other a whole other podcast called a little extra at this point. <laughs> Holy shit! Well, it's not it's not a little extra. It's a lot yeah. extra. Especially yeah. if we're aiming for that at this point, but you know, um, yeah. Well, that's that's what we've been talking about, and that leads us to uh, our next commercial break. Oh, thank God, because I need a snack. For those of you that love that doom stoner genre of rock and roll and heavy metal, make your way over to the Cosmic Peddler, selling CDs, cassettes, and of course, plenty of vinyl from the best artists on labels such as Fotherama Records, Cosmic Artifacts, and Stoner Witch Records, among many others. Head over to thecosmicpeddler.com now. Let's go on to uh, concert news. All right. Mm. Mm. Check this out. From the cover of your home, Cradle of Filth have announced a digital show stream, a one-off special performance titled The Infernal Vernal Equinox. The concert will see the band play its monumental 1996 studio album Dusk and Her Embrace in full. The Infernal Vernal Equinox will take place on March 20th. That is cool. That is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. All right. Let's get to some festival news. Here's some some interesting stuff coming up here. So, an eclectic, beach-focused lineup of more than 55 top music artists across the spectrum of rock, indie, jam, reggae, and more has been announced for the third edition of Beach Life Festival in Los Angeles County's which is Los Angeles County's only coastal three-day immersive experience uniquely celebrating beach culture. Held May 13th through the 15th of 2022, this premier live music, art, and culinary experience takes place on the picturesque waterfront in Redondo Beach, California. Headliners include Weezer on Friday, the Smashing Pumpkins on Saturday, and the Steve Miller Band on Sunday. And they will be joined by a wide range of talent rarely booked together for the same event, including 311, Cheryl Crow, Vance Joy, Black Pumas, uh, Lord Huron, Stone Temple Pilots, UB40 featuring Ali Campbell, Cold War Kids, and many more performing on four different stages. Wow. Uh, Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Very interesting. Mm. Here's another interesting one. Metallica and Pink will headline the Bottle Rock Napa Valley Music Festival to take place on May 27th through the 29th at the Napa Valley Expo in Northern California. These tickets run from $379 to $4,995. Jesus Christ. Yeah. This is a three-day festival, which will include Greta Van Fleet, The Black Crows, 21 Pilots, Silverstein Pickups, Grandson Marcus King, Fantastic Negrito, Dorothy Taipei Houston, and Otto, among many other artists. Our happy artists. Well, uh, Taipei Houston is the band that features Lars Ulrich's kids, and okay. I think Otto is another one. I think that one has uh, Trujillo's kid in it. It doesn't make it worth $379, let alone $4,995. Yeah, let's just call it five grand. Five grand. Like what, what, what gets included in the five grand ticket? 
Like, what is that about? Uh, grand butt fucking. Mm-hmm. All right. Bonnaroo Music and Arts Festival has shared the lineup for this year's edition of the internationally acclaimed camping festival taking place June 16th through the 19th of 2022. On the Bonnaroo Forum, located just 60 miles southwest, southeast of Nashville and Manchester, Tennessee. Bonnaroo 2022 will once again present a wide range, wide ranging bill featuring a spectacular selection of top artists performing around the clock across more than 10 unique stages over the four-day festival. Highlights will include performances by Tool, Machine Gun Kelly, and Robert Plant and Alison Krauss. I mean, you could have left out Machine Gun Kelly. I didn't need to hear about that. Copy and paste, bro. Copy and paste. All right. Last but not least here, Boston Calling. The acclaimed three-day festival poised to make its triumphant return to Alston, Massachusetts this Memorial Day weekend, May 27th through 29th, 2022, announces its full lineup. Headlining the festival are rock and roll icons Metallica, alternative rockers The Strokes, playing their first show in Boston since 2006, and rock and roll Hall of Famers Foo Fighters. These th- three powerful rock bands will lead a lineup of over 50 performers including the largest collection of regional talent ever to take the stage at Boston Calling. The 2022 bill features an incredibly diverse mix of globally recognized music artists, including Rufus Dussault, Weezer, Haim, Run the Jewels, Glass Animals, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, Avril Lavigne, Black Pumas, Modest Mouse, Goose, Cheap Trick, Oliver Tree, Earth Gang, uh, Orville Peck, The Struts, and many, many more. Co-headlined by Suicide Silence and Carnifix, the tour will also feature a selection of the very best bands from the world of modern metal with Lorna Shore, Upon a Burning Body, Angel Maker, and Distant rounding out the lineup. Right on. So this was a this was a little interesting little tidbit here. Like, check this shit out. So at one point it was reported that Judas Priest will perform as a four-piece on its upcoming tour as the band's former touring guitarist Andy Sneep who co-produced the British heavy metal legend's 2018 album Firepower, plans to focus on production work. There was a lot of backlash about that. They were like, how could that be? How could that be possible? You know, what about KK? And, you know, how can you possibly be a four-piece? I mean, the, the, the driving power of your sound is the dual harmonies. Like, what the fuck? Like, three days later, Judas Priest have reversed their recent decision to perform as a four-piece on their upcoming tour. Uh, they released the following statement to Blabbermouth. Hello, Metal Maniacs. Given all that has recently evolved and transpired, we have decided unanimously as a band to continue our live shows unchanged with Rob, Ian, Richie, Scott, Andy, and Glenn Tipton uh, joining us whenever he is av- uh, able to. So you will see you will all soon. Uh, so see you all soon as we forge ahead celebrating 50 massive heavy metal years of Jewish Priest together. <laughs> there it is. I'm just I'm, I'm reading the subtext, which is "Hello, Mel Maniacs." Given all that has recently evolved and transpired, have you crying like a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yes, yes, we for sure. Unanimously, to shut you the fuck up. Mm. <laughs> that is fucking funny. Uh, I remember reading that, and um. The comments were like ridiculous. Like, what is going on? 
how can you possibly do this? I'm never going to see this show. Blah, 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 blah. It was ridiculous. Insane. So, my life is ruined. My wife left me. It's like, how can you do this to us? Oh my God, my heroes. Like, guys, come on, give them a break. They have commitments and they have other shit to do. Like, whatever. And I, I mean, if anything, they're probably like shilling out some good money for Andy Sneap to be playing the tour. Oh, for sure. That's if the sure. tour fucking happens too. Yeah, that I mean, come on. They're celebrating the 50th anniversary on their like 52nd anniversary at this point. Come on. Seriously. All right. So, following the enormous success of their 2021 co headline U.S. tour, Megadeth and Lamb of God have announced the second U.S. run of their aptly, tamed, uh, aptly named the Metal Tour of the Year. Joining them, of course, will be special guests at Trivium and In Flames. I didn't see any dates. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember the dates. Um, I don't think it was coming here to San Antonio, but it might be coming close. Wait a second, though. This was the Metal Tour of last year, and now they're claiming it's the Metal Tour this year. It's every year, Dan. Every year. That's bullshit. <laughs> you can't claim every year. What are you, me? Yeah, really, Dan. Come on. <laughs> every year is your year, buddy. Every year is my year. All right. Adrian Smith and Richie Kotzen's Project Smith Kotzen will kick off its U.S. West Coast tour on Saturday, January 15th, which already had passed. Uh, joining Smith and Kotzen as part of their touring band is Richie's wife, internationally acclaimed bass player Julia Lag, Leg, Leg, uh, formerly of the Latin Grammy-nominated Brazilian rock band Bar Barra de Saia. Uh, with a strong pedigree in rock, she has played alongside the likes of Pat Travers, Elliot Easton of the Cars, Nuno Betancourt of Extreme, and Mark McGrath of Sugar Ray. In addition, Mark uh, Smith Kotzen has enlisted drummer Bruno. Uh, Valverde of Angra uh, for the U.S. West Coast tours. Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, the strong pedigree in rock, and I was like, you might want to be a little more quiet about the Mark McGrath part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a that's a blank area on the resume. Hmm. So, Parkway Drive will set stages afire with their new their full pyro production show. On the largest headlining tour to date in North America, beginning May 8th in Baltimore, Maryland, Hatebreed and the Black Dahlia Murder will support the tour with Stick to Your Guns on select dates. The tour will also include appearances at Welcome to Rockville and So What festivals. There is a San Antonio date here uh, May 29th at the Vibes Event Center. Suffocation have announced the Forces of Hostility North American Tour. The 30-date trek kicks off at the Monarch in Brooklyn on May 26th, making stops in Chicago, Albuquerque, and Toronto, before concluding in Clifton, New Jersey on June 25th. Joining the band as direct support is Atheist, with openers Sorption? Sorption. Sorption, okay. And uh, Contrarian on select dates. Cool. Here's one for you, buddy. Wasps. Wasp will embark on its first U.S. tour in a decade this fall. The trek will coincide with the band's 40th anniversary and will include support from Armored Saint and Michael Schenker on select shows. San Antonio date November 4th at Eaton Arena. I don't know what that is. 
Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know what that, is, what that is, but I will find it because I'm seeing that show, and if anybody stops me, I will fuck them up. <laughs> oh, man, this one. Mm. Seven Dust will celebrate the 21st anniversary of its Animosity album by performing it in its entirety on a U.S. tour this March. Support on the trek will come from Tetrock and Dead Poet Society. San Antonio date, March 7th at the Aztec. I would absolutely love to see that because that's my favorite Seven Dust album. Yeah, that would be amazing. Uh, and Seven Dust is one of my favorite live bands. They are, they always fucking bring it. They are so good. Mm. That would be amazing. All right, Amorphous will embark on a North American tour this spring. The trek will kick off on April 13th in New York City and will make its way through nearly two dozen cities. Coming to a close on May 12th in Baltimore, Maryland. Support will come from uh, Sylvain and Hoaxed. Uh, I don't think there was no San Antonio Day for that one, unfortunately. Well, false. Kiss has announced a handful of new U.S. shows as part of the band's ongoing end of the road tour. The four, <laughs> the four rescheduled concerts will take place in May after they were postponed last year. All previously purchased tickets and VIB packages will be honored for the new dates. Just. On going. Fuck. Just, 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 just bow, you know. Uh, so we already talked about this one, but Arch Enemy and Behemoth will embark on the North American Siege 2022 tour in the spring. Set the kickoff in April. The trek also features UK grindcore pioneers, Napalm Death, and heavy gothic rockers onto others as special guests. Of course, our San Antonio date is Monday, April 18th at the Aztec. There's going to be one particular asshole sitting up in the balcony throwing business cards at, at people. <laughs> Making it rain shred shack business cards. <laughs> uh, Clutch will embark on a North American tour in March. Uh, the trek will be split between two legs with the, feature, uh, with the featuring support from I Hate God and Tiger Cub. And the second one featuring the sword and Nate Bergman. San Antonio date, March 20th at the Aztec. That does sound pretty interesting. That does sound interesting. That does sound interesting. I believe we are the ones who get, we get I Hate God and Tiger Cub. We are, I think we're relatively early in the, uh, the trek. I would rather see the sword. Yeah, same here. Same here. I think they would have fit better with Clutch, in all honesty. Animals as Leaders has announced the uh, Parisha uh, tour that will be hitting 19 cities across the U.S. to accompany their uh, upcoming album of the same name. On this particular tour, produced by Live Nation, they will feature two special sets, um, one of which will feature the new album, uh, which is coming out on March 25th, in its entirety. And then, of course, another set with other shit. Not coming here, unfortunately. Of course. So, so... it's like... Well, we don't want to mention that. So, speaking of tours not coming here that I would definitely love to see, Slipknot has announced the 2022 uh, iteration of its infamous Knotfest Roadshow. The trek will take place over two legs, both headlined by Slipknot. The first leg will feature special guests In This Moment and Ginger. The second leg will feature special guests Cypress Hill and Horror. I, I would either one of those. I would have loved to have seen the In This Moment and Ginger one. That was yeah. that would have been my shit. Well, of course, but but I mean, like... How often do you get to see Cypress Hill at this point? Also true. Good point. Oh. But that's it for just touring news. 
So, one-offs. Sammy Agar has announced six new performance dates for his critically acclaimed Las Vegas Strip residency, Sammy Hagar and Friends, at the Strat Hotel, Casino, and Skypod. Due to popular demand, new concerts have just been added on Wednesday, February 9th, Friday, February 11th, Saturday, February 12th, Wednesday, March 23rd, Friday, March 25th, and Saturday, March 26th. Tickets will go on sale to the public. Uh, they have already gone on sale this past uh, Wednesday, whatever. Uh, that's like 10 days. Yeah. Whatever. Ghost has postponed its previously announced appearance on Jimmy Kimmel Live to an as yet unspecified later date. They were scheduled to perform this past Thursday on the 20th, um, but pulled out just hours before explaining that they had a bit too much going on in Reno, getting all our shit together for the band's upcoming tour. This was their mm-hmm. official words. Someone gambled away all their money. <laughs> mm. Well, that's it for one-offs. Uh, all right. Uh, we haven't seen a show. I haven't been to a show yet this year. The Fit for an Autopsy show will be my first one. So mm, Yeah, so you'll be able to talk about that at the next podcast. Yes, yes. Uh, so we also of- have... We should also mention the fact that we also got tickets to see Elton John in October. We got tickets to see Elton John in October. We got tickets to see Iron Maiden. Ramstein should be happening this year. Here's <laughs> uh, you should just stop talking about it, Dan. Yeah, I mean, just give me a DVD at this point. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Shit. God damn. God damn. But that's exciting. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped for the. Um, of course, I'm pumped for Iron Maiden, but we've seen them like 20 times already. But bucket list item, farewell tour of um, Ellen John is something special, so that should be fun. Yeah, just 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 remember to to carry around a few tissues because we're up in the nosebleeds. Whatever, who cares? Who cares? It's the Alamo Dome. I'm sure they'll have screens. We'll be fine. Yeah, and by the way, um, like I I, I I'm I'm offering to drive to that show right now. But we are staying for the full show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a Saturday, so that's that's fine. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not, leaving, I'm not leaving early that show. I want to see the full fucking thing. Yeah, I'm in for that for sure. I'm in for that. Um, no band interview on this episode. Um, so are we ready to get into heavy metal in the charts? We are already almost pushing three hours on this motherfucker. Let's do it. All right, so I, here's what I say. I say we do the heavy metal on the charts, and then we might have to push our discussion back to the next episode. That's That sounds fine. All right. All right, so let's get to the charts. We are looking at the Billboard Top 200, and we'll go through the top five, as you like to know. And we'll see what it looks like, because I believe the last time we did the podcast, there was still a bunch of Christmas on it, which was fun. There, there was, and... Uh... There shouldn't be any more. So. Yeah. So here we go. Number one is a new album by a gentleman called Gunna, and his um his album called DS Forever. I, I had a feeling because I've I heard plenty. I heard this name being mentioned recently, and it seemed like it was a big release. That's interesting. Well, another big name here at number two is the new album from The Weeknd and his new album, uh, Dawn FM. Yeah, pass. Uh, number three, 
is the Encanto soundtrack from the new Disney movie. Uh, I watched about half of it, and there's some catchy shit on it. I mean, I get why people are, are into it. It's another Lin-Manuel Miranda uh, joint, if you will. Um, gotcha. Number four is 30 by Adele, and number five is Dangerous, the double album by Morgan Wallen. So now we scroll. And for new listeners, if there are any of the outside of the four that we have, um, Dan and I do have uh, some appreciation for some pop music and our artist of choice to cover when we do this. So we have something to talk about on the Billboard charts is Taylor Swift. So at number 10 is Taylor Swift's album Red, her uh, Taylor's version. So the re-release. That's one for our girl Taylor on the stretch act. And now we go, oh, rumors from Fleetwood Mac is at number uh, 17. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's down, actually, from where it was it last week. It was at number 15 last week. It's down to 17 this week. Wow. Right? Let's see. Okay. Man, it's rough. Queen's Greatest Hits is at number 39. Folklore by Taylor Swift is at number 40. Evermore by Miss Taylor Swift is at number 42. So that's her third record on the top 200. Mm -hmm. Elton John's Diamonds is at number 47. Okay, Creedence Clearwater Revival's Greatest Hits is at number 54. A little bit of a climb from 58. Lover by Taylor Swift is at number 58. That's her fourth album in the top 200. The Beatles' Abbey Road is at number 61. Nevermind by Nirvana is at number 67. 1989 by Taylor Swift is at number 72. That's five for her in the top 100. Not even the top 200, top 100. We got Bob Marley and the Whalers at 75 with Legend, the best of, of course. Tom Penny, the Heartbreaker's Greatest Hits is at number 80. Journey's Greatest Hits is at number 84. Previous Album of the Day by one of our guys, Inside by Bo Burnham, is not 85. Fearless, Taylor's version by Taylor Swift is at number 92. That's number six for her in the top 100. Had a feeling she's going to make a strong comeback after the Christmas season. Of course. Let It Be, the soundtrack by the Beatles is at number 98. Greatest Hits by Guns N' Roses is at number 99. Nickelback, the best of Nickelback, volume one is a re-entry at number 107. Reputation by Taylor Swift is number 111. That's two, that's seven for her in the top 200. The Lockdown Sessions by Elton John is at number 112. Back in Black by ACDC is at 114. The Black Album by Metallica is at 115. Just never going to go away, are you? Nope. Michael Jackson's Thriller is at number 129. 129. Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band. Greatest Hits is at number 136. Foo Fighters' Greatest Hits is at number 141. 
All time greatest hits by Leonard Skinner is at number 149. Taylor Swift's Speak Now is at number 159. That's eight for her in the top 200. Bon Jovi's Greatest Hits is at number 162. Sounds of Summer, the greatest, uh, the very best of the Beach Boys at number 167. Prince and the Revolution Purple Rain soundtrack is at number 171. Essential Michael Jackson at 172. Essential Billy Joel at number 174. Hot Rocks, 1964 to 1971 by the Rolling Stones at 177. <clears throat> Aerosmiths. Devil's Got a New Disguise, very best of at number 182. Okay. The Eagles' Greatest Hits, 1971 to 1975, is a re-entry at number 192. Eagles Hotel California is at number 194. Re-entry of Linkin Park's Hybrid Theory is at number 195. And rounding out the top 200 at 200 is a re-entry by a gentleman called Trippy Red in his album, A Love Letter to You 4. So... so it's a fourth love letter to this person. I'm guessing so. Wow. I'm guessing so. So just a recap, our girl Taylor has eight, eight records in the top 200, and not much else has changed. <laughs> yeah, nope. at least there's no more Christmas, so that's yeah, all. No, no big surprises. Um, nothing shocking on that one at all, you know. So, um but again, we are closing it in on three hours on our podcast here. I think it is time for us to call it a night and have to move our discussion for next time. All right. So then our discussion for next time is um, talking about the um, is it, was it Metal Hammer. Was that right? Metal Hammer's yeah, list? Yeah. Metal? yeah, it was Metal Hammer's Reader's Poll. Top 50 albums of 2021. We had already discussed... Numbers 50 through 26 on the previous podcast, we were supposed to cover 25 to number one this week, but we are pushing it as far as time goes. Uh, so we will push that discussion to the next episode. I actually, uh, and, and in, in doing this, in doing the uh, the top 200, I actually came up with a uh, a topic of discussion for the future. So uh, that's kind of good. I'm going to write that down. So. All right. Sounds good. Hell yeah. All right. Uh, so um, in that case, uh, we must make our curtain call because, uh, well, Wizard needs to eat something and then go to bed. So say to warrior. To warrior. Mm. To, to ultimate warrior. Yeah. Oh. Warriors, come on, warriors. <laughs> right. All right. Oh. Until next time, I'm Dan Mac. And I'm Chris Mack. And we are the Spartans.